Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john i'm jd i like the new jam chris <laughs> do you thank you i worked all of an hour on that so it takes it's a lot i have to be ready to go i can't poop before the show like well, i used to because at first i'm like oh the show's starting i got a good three minutes in take care of business now it's not like, anymore gotta hit the ground running man <laughs> uh you're you gotta have a pre-show poop now uh, now i've been doing the pre-show poops for a while <laughs> drop my camera there i know we're we're prone to old man talk being regular is not where, the way we should start a podcast oh, oh so, how's everyone doing john how are you doing minus the poop talk <laughs> i have been busy this right. last week trying to get everything ready i'm testing trying to funnel my zooms audio through my through my camcorder like we tried before and didn't work Got a bunch of new equipment, and I'm testing it all out, and yeah. I had the wrong wire to do that. I actually have got the new wire, and I tested <laughs> it yesterday, and it worked. I've got pl- I've got a closet downstairs with electronics that I've used for building computers and stuff and connecting stuff that dates back to the 1990s, so I should have a wire down there for that somewhere. But anyway, yeah, my one of my cats turned 15 and promptly got hypothyroidia, <clears throat> hyperthyroidism. Yeah. Yeah, looking into... Is it uh, radioactive iodine supposedly can cure it for a while or something? Um, or make it a superhero. It'd be you nice wish. to have a flying cat. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey, my cat my cat has a superhero. She glows in the dark. Probably just, uh, probably just piss nuclear and burn holes in your carpet. No, they do already remember, do that. Do you guys remember that, that Onion article cat. about a kid no. in 1962 that gets bitten by a radioactive spider, develops leukemia, and dies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus, <laughs> funny. It's not funny, but it's that, that is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dark. But uh, yeah, otherwise, keeping up with everything, Ahsoka and Loki and all of that stuff. So, uh, all, all in all, not so bad. Can't wait for Wednesday. Yes, and you didn't re- answer my message I sent you. I, I sent your message back, and you didn't. <laughs> and how about you, Chris? What's new in your world? Nothing. I was just here. I don't have anything to report. My just mother-in-law was in town this weekend. I'm sorry. We went to... No, it was fine. No, it's just a gag. It's my wife. If my wife's mother-in-law was in town, then we'd have to worry. Ah. 
<laughs> Mine too. If my wife's mother-in-law was in town, we'd be really worried because she'd been dead for 20 years. Because oh. that would be the end times. That would be uh, yes. That would be the apocalypse. But we went to a German Fest in downtown Indianapolis. If there's encased meats and beer, you can probably talk me into going. So good times. Some of the greatest meats are in cases. Of course. That's pretty much it. It's finally starting to get cold around here. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Leaf Same duty, there. all that boring stuff. Oh, yeah. JD. Right. Yeah, JD. I had a weekend. I'm in the weekend, which is great. Off and on for the last 20 years. <clears throat> in my previous life is doing some freelance videography and working as a cameraman. Sometimes you're doing really cool jobs and traveling the world and shooting cool things. Other times you're shooting a wedding. So off and on for the last 20 years, I've picked up weddings on the side. But now that I'm teaching like full time, I've been trying to do this. And it's between the two pod, the three podcasts and the job. And what else am I doing? I'm running this program at school and I'm going back to grad school. Something had to give and it was time to move on with the weddings. So I did my last one this weekend. It was a buddy of mine. It was fun. It was fun to go out and doing something with your friend. That was pretty awesome. And then yesterday, yesterday, I was, I had the weekend of myself. The kid had his last two soccer games, had a goal and two assists, finished tied in the first in the team with goals this year. Very proud of him. They were going camping, and I want nothing to do with Boy Scouts. So my wife does all the Boy Scout stuff. I do all the sports stuff and all those things. I took the kid to the arcade today, but I want nothing to do with Boy Scouts. Wife does all that stuff. So they were going camping, right? And I helped them set up the tent, even though I hate it. I hate outdoor stuff. But I helped them set up the tent because I was going to have a night to myself, me and the dog. And I was going to catch up on all the nerd stuff I haven't caught up on. So I'm watching Ahsoka, right? And I finally am the episode where Ezra comes back. And Ezra shows up, and I'm like, he does look like Jesus, and then my wife calls at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, well, this ain't good. So I call her and she is like shivering. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what's wrong? Is it cold? She's I'm sick. She's I just threw up four times outside the tent. I'm like, I'm going to have to come get you, aren't I? And she's Yes. So I drove 45 minutes one way to pick up the wife and the kid who was pissed off at 11 o'clock at midnight by the time I get there because he was supposed to camp with his buddies. So then. To not wake up the whole campsite, we loaded up the car, drove home, pulled over a couple times, let the wife throw up. She had food poisoning, which is no bueno. Came home, drove back there this morning to clean up the campsite, take down the tent and all those things. Drove back home, and then I promised my kid like a day because he had his planned weekend activity ruined through things that was in control. So I took him to the arcade today, and we hung out at the arcade for a few hours. So consequently, I have no idea what happens after Ezra Berger comes back. Because my wife's been on the couch all day watching Harry Potter movies, which is her thing to do when she's sick. I joke about it, but what old gypsy woman did you piss off for crying out loud? I'm fine. My wife apparently pissed off a gypsy woman. You know, that sign, that song, Sign of the Gypsy Queen, which I just listened to a minute ago from April Wine. That's her. Like, well, we, she, see, we see you've got power. Oh, we got power. We do have power. Brought some electricians out. Zip, zap, zoop. Power's fine. Oh, I said, what's wrong? Good. Or like, something should happen. Scrolls could be <laughs> squirrels, more likely. I don't know, fucking know. But so that was my weekend. My planned weekend of sitting in my house and just being a nerd and nerding out was thwarted by lasagna. <laughs> Garfield was not wrong. No, no. poorly cooked lasagna is very poorly cooked. Food. That's what I was saying. I keep telling her she should start <laughs> eating gluten free like me, and she would not feel bad all the time because I'm suspect on some things. But here we are. How are you, Dave? You know, wait. <laughs> Just to, you say that I just went to Walmart to get some Halloween candy today mm-hmm. and I just happened to finally 
pass by the Stouffer's lasagnas <laughs> that I haven't had in a while. And I just picked up a bunch of them and they're in my freezer. <laughs> now you're saying this. And I'm like, oh, God. Poorly cooked lasagna, man. But she was the only one frozen. that got she was the only one that got sick of the whole the whole time. But it's very clearly like food poisoning because of the way she's reacting. She didn't have a fever. Like she's yeah. just horking and she like pulled yeah. the stomach muscle from horking so much. And I keep thinking that she might be celiac too because she doesn't eat a lot of gluten and stuff because of me. And then all of a sudden she'll do something. She'll eat like a burger and then she won't feel good. And I keep saying, maybe you have it too. And then she like, she fights me on it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll come pick you up again. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was my weekend. Dave, how are you? I'm good. I'm in the same boat as John. This week has been a lot of prepping stuff. I'm actually mostly packed clothes-wise and everything for the convention. I actually, before I forget, I wanted to mention to everyone, there will be a show next week at our normal time, but it will be pre-recorded. John and I on Friday will pre-record a little something about the convention. We'll intermix some uh, interviews in it, and then we'll have it posted at 8.30 as normal on Sunday. I have the weekend and, off. That's great. <laughs> and and since it's YouTube, we'll also post the video of us running away from, from security and, and the press agents. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I know it's more often than you'd think. <laughs> I buy it. I completely buy it. Um, Dave, Dave, real talk, man. I'm looking at you right now and I'm like, Jesus Christ, your hair is long. I say Jesus Christ because you're looking like Jesus Christ, quite frankly. How, what is the end goal here? All right. Great. You ready for this? Because it's been like four and a half years at this point, right? No, not quite four and a half not years. Not quite four? How about long has COVID? About, a, about two years I started growing it. I thought um, you were growing it before I was even. No. And, fair, okay. Fair. So let's start with, actually, I measured it a couple weeks ago, and it is now long enough to donate, because that was the whole goal, is to mm-hmm. donate the wigs for kids or electrical of one of the one of the two and my girlfriend measured it for me she's like yeah it's just about 12 inches and i'm like okay cool so after the convention (laughs) sorry jd after the convention i will go and uh make an appointment and donate it and she goes or you can wait a little longer and just donate enough so that you can so apparently she likes the long hair apparently yeah, and maybe I'm you like, could donate just the tip. <laughs> I love what Chris is on the show. I feel like I have a partner in crime with these jokes. <laughs> but oh. I said it's just hair; it'll grow back, and it's, it'll still have some length once they cut the the ponytail. But That's so it, it's going to be it's going to be a discussion when I get back from the convention. But in all honesty, I'm getting tired of trying to take care of it all the time. Oh, I remember when my hair was long; it was work, and you bet your hair like naturally goes down. Remember mine; it would naturally go. This yes, way. yeah. And I had to I, grease it up and wear headbands and stuff. It was effort. I never want to do that again. Yep. And it was funny because I had, every once in a while, I use the dry shampoo if I'm in a hurry and I want to go out. Because, again, when it's long, it's it feels greasy all the time. And I found a can I never opened. So I'm putting that in the bag to take to New York with me. JD mm-hmm. is like phrasing? Phrasing. Yeah, that that's right. Archer. Archer. Phrasing. Okay. I never watched Archer. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, you, trust it's like me, a, it's that's what she said basically oh, yeah it's, it's their the version of that thank yeah. you chris yeah but other than that other than that usual stuff i did get caught up on ahsoka and i did watch the season premiere of loki did what you... do we think no oh my right was ruined by a throwing up wife and a pissed off seven-year-old all right so so starting with we'll start with loki um it picks up right where season one ends there's no six months later crap it's after the end of the i like season. that it was a pleasant i wasn't expecting that 
Yeah. So that was nice. What do we think? What's the consen- What's the uh, consensus? Of what? Loki. Positive, negative, oh, good, uh, bad, how good watch. I liked Wait. it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I, liked it. I, think, I still think it's like one of the best things that they're putting out. It, it still feels like actual real sci-fi the funny, like, and fun. It's the funny fun. thing is That's they violated their own rules about time travel. <laughs> no, they didn't because it, you, time works differently in the TVA. I guess you could say that. No, I mean, you well, saw, you can't say that. That's what they're saying. JD, you've seen the, the, the trailer. He's slipping through time, right? Loki, mm-hmm. like that's, that's how the season starts out. And he goes back in the past and talks to Obi. That's what's his face's character. The one from Indiana. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No. Oh my <laughs> God. Not Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Uh, Ober, uh, Oberos. What are you talking about? The guy, the kid from Indiana Jones and, and oh, Goody. Data Keep from... Keep yeah. Data. Uh, his character's name is it's something else, but they call him Obi. And he goes back in the past and talks to Obi. And then all of a sudden, in the present, when he's talking to Mobius, he has all of a sudden has a memory of talking to Loki in the past, right? You're so, talking short round, right? Yeah, yeah Kikwan. Kikwan, yeah. So that's what makes it interesting is because they remember they said in Endgame, oh, what you do in the past doesn't affect the future. Thank but you, yet, Randy. Says the man won an Oscar. Do better. That's true. Yeah, That's very he did. true. <laughs> the man also retired everywhere. from acting for decades and came and, back and won an and Oscar. Came back and won an Oscar, dude. That's okay. That's like Nolan Ryan stopping pitching at twenty-seven, coming back at forty-seven, and winning the Cy Young. It okay. is. That's a great comparison. I'm the wrong crowd for that one. I get this, but it's a good comparison. <laughs> trust me. I'm going to take your word for it. Yes. Yes. For baseball. This baseball hat is not for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brewery. <laughs> Fair. Pretty much. So yeah, I like I liked it though. I like I thought it was fun. I'm not too surprised. WandaVision was probably the best show. Loki was the second best show, so it should continue being good. WandaVision was the best show. It's well, funny, I had just had a conversation with my son about how the because he was like he's like kind of in about the Marvel shows right now yeah, too. I feel it. That's what I'm my big education. And, yeah. But I said, but it's interesting. Loki, there's only three shows that affected the marvel universe as a whole wandavision loki and miss marvel and that's only because kamala khan's going to be in the marvels if she wasn't going to be in the marvels i don't know if there's like any real effect on the mcu all the other shows it's inconsequential some of them are like moon knight exactly do they even exist who knows yeah but yeah. The, the thing is the, the, the stuff they do with this the way they shoot it is what's that weird what's that director the weird one that does like the slice of life but but like slightly 45 degrees askance of the real world. Uh, I forget what is. He just came out with another movie. Wes about, Anderson? Yeah, Wes Anderson. They, they, they've got this real heavy Wes Anderson kind of cinematography going, and they're using, lot, they're using handheld cams I can see for that. some of the shots. It, the it, show does have a look to it. I can yeah. see that. Plus, you got yeah, all the going around. That also helps the Andersonian vibe. Oh, oh, and, oh, yeah, no. But like some of the shots, there's double entendres everywhere like when loki's running around his head lines up perfectly with the big bust of he who remains behind him prefacing that he might take over the tva in the future just little little things like that just strewn all across it it, but it's still got this really nice old old sci-fi feel to it i don't know i haven't been I love the conversation they were having with the judges when it's like they're trying to reconcile the fact that they're all what's the word i'm looking for variants they're all variants And they're all had their memories erased. And like the one judge is, no, we've got to keep doing it. And the other judge is, like, but we're destroying people. And it's just, yeah. Except the two Lannisters, apparently. 
whatever those two, the one, what was it the, was it the judge or, or the general? I forget with the, and the one TVA agent who were just weird together. Yeah. We don't know what their deal is, but they're already pulling some stuff because that's how that episode ended with all these TV agents going through a door. It's, wait a minute, they were supposed to be going after Sylvie. Why are they bringing all these heavy bags? Yeah, there's a little tease for something's going on. Oh, yeah, and they show in the episode one point where Loki jumps into the future and something happens. I don't want to ruin it for JD, but you know that scene's going to come back later in the season. We're going to see it now from Sylvie's point of view or whatever. I think it did a good job of, we're not sure what's going on, but it has some stakes and the characters are invested in what's happening and we're invested in the characters. So it it threaded that line pretty well. It also set up a goal for this episode and pretty much brought that to conclusion. That's always good. I always Hmm. appreciate that in serialized chunks. Yep. I don't know. It's, what are there, six of them, eight of them? I don't know, uh, but I think eight. I'm not sure. I liked it, but it's too early to tell if it's going to be another I Loki season one or a secret invasion or something. I and think I it's want... going to be good. I assume so too. I-, I want some of that TVA duct tape because that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> thing that didn't get stripped away in the like the time vortex. Is that yes. the only thing that survived? Duct tape. <laughs> this was also this gave me the old Marvel vibes of it's action. They've got stuff to do, and they sneak the jokes in because the characters are funny or having a moment where it's not a flat out comedy. Like some of the stuff has devolved into that we've complained about a little bit. A lot of it's just frivolous. So it, I don't know. worked for me. All right. They got the best actors in it too. Middleston man. I have a newfound respect for Mobius. What's the actor's name? Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Like I've always liked the stuff he's done, but I don't know. He just really works in this role. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> sorry he's very good and then we had the the finale of ahsoka what did we think gentlemen who watched it i don't know i liked it i think it sets everything up for the movie and it sets up a lot of stuff that's going to go on in that other galaxy too because the like the one of the final shots was the huge statues of the father and the son and then a break between the father and what used to be the statue of the daughter Right. Those basically those force God people. So this is the only thing I think that's going to derail it a bit is that the actor for what's his face died. Yeah. Um, Balin skull. Yeah. Balin skull. Yeah. But I, I, I it's always, yeah, it's always weird when they leave an actor like, or the character, their future is uncertain, but you're like, I know what happened. Yeah. But it's, I think it went well. It was action packed. Everything, everybody's the, the characters are growing. Which is nice to see, and it was Ray Stevenson who, who passed away, by the way, who yes. played Bale and Skull. But everything is set up for another major arc, which is going to be pretty good because now you've got Thrawn, and as long as they portray him, he's start going. He's going to start like kicking the New Republic left and right. Yeah, I wish there was a little more of an ending. Yeah, exactly. It felt I unresolved. Mean, it's well. I realize it's foolish at this point to complain that this Star Wars thing is leading into the next Star Wars thing because we all know that's what's going to happen. But still, I wanted a little bit more of a bow on it. I can get yeah. yeah. They're setting up for the movie. I, th- I think they need to rethink like what they're doing with Marvel and, and Star Wars because they need more self-contained stories 
you can still have little bits that push you into the next movie or all that, but they need to have, like you're looking for, is some kind of true resolution to make you feel like, hey, I watched a movie right. and I got something out of it. Instead of, I watched this movie, I have no freaking idea what's going on well, at the end. I have to watch the next one to find out. But even what Chris just said, like, they had in the first episode of Loki, the episode, the what the issue was, gets resolved. Well, yeah. There's like an overarching story, but like something gets resolved. So you you feel better by the end of this the episode where this it's like this the for the ahsoka the season finale that the episode thing got resolved but the whole like thing we're building towards for the season felt a little hollow there's a lot more left open yeah yeah haven't all the star wars movies been self-contained since since the disney stuff started pretty much everything in the movies has been contained to that movie Look at theoretically Boba yes. Fett for crying out loud. That was contained as far as well, in it also the Mandalorian. Why um, wouldn't it? I still don't understand why that's a bad thing. I don't, I don't understand why people got upset because the Mandalorian, the thing that people really liked, showed up in the book of Boba Fett. We like that. It's just that it provided a con- such a major contrast between how much you like the Mandalorian, the writing and the storyline there compared to the book to, to Boba Fett, who wasn't doing all the awesome stuff that everybody imagined they were going to see when they heard the book of Boba Fett was happening. That's not a, that's no, not, you, not self-contained though. That's a complete, you did. Yeah. Boba Fett, Fett fell in a hole. I never had any respect <laughs> oh, for yeah, him. Boba Fett never did anything cool in any of the movies. He just looked, he had a cool costume. So people made stuff yeah. up on their head, but that's not self contained But like they've all been relatively self-contained. Like the star Wars Mandalorian <laughs> stuff is pretty much kept to, that whole thing, all the Star Wars movies just did. We have had no tie-ins to the Ray movies, right? Star Wars Resistance cartoon tied into the sequel movies. It was also terrible. I never saw that. And I was talking yeah, more about, I said the movies specifically. Right. Yeah. So, Solo was Solo. Rogue One was Rogue One. That's true. Which was you self-contained know? and really good. That's what I said. I said yeah. they were self-contained. Yeah. yeah. Like the star, the, the sequel trilogy is ass, but like it was self-contained ass. To a trilogy, hopefully, so it's, each, it's designed like each movie needs it's not a self contained story because, like, they don't resolve at the end of each. They did, each movie, movie was its own story. That just it's just like the other three Star Wars movies. The story of the film can come yeah. to a conclusion, but it you set up the next one at the same time. Like, you can't say Empire Strikes Back did not reach a conclusion because there was a slight cliffhanger in the Empire no. Strikes Back, they get their fucking asses kicked. No, but Hold on. like, but Ahsoka, like. I didn't see all the th- so I can't all the threads are left hanging by the end of the the season. Okay. Not all of them. Certain um, things were resolved. We know where the pieces are all where they should be supposedly. And there's one um, specific important thing to all the characters that was resolved that was very nice. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what's the movie going to be like? Are we going to redo Heir to the Empire basically? Pretty much. I think that's what it's called. Is that I've that's what that, people are that, saying it's going to be Yeah, called. I've seen that rumor. I just I don't take yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't take I'm people here. online seriously because they're all fucking dumb. Present company included. They'd have to pay some copyright. <laughs> copyright to who? To Disney? No. Who's the guy who didn't? Timothy Zahn doesn't own the copyright in a work for hire project when the work for hire was Lucas. Yeah. Damn it. That's right. He, he wrote that for Lucas. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little thing called Star Wars. Like, oh, yeah. It's Disney made the big purchase four billion dollars. You get the whole kit and caboodle. I think it would be a really <laughs> dumb idea for them to call it that. I do too. Or even then, to because that there's a lot of expectations there. I agree, and I don't know. I don't I, know I, if that's the move. I feel like I don't the think so. movie is going. Especially can't do Luke. Can we or can't we? 
don't think he should. Not as much as that story needs. Yeah, that story is that's a that's that is the true inspiration. That is the that is like the real sequel trilogy, right? Yeah, is right. The, the, but is even the it, books. it's funny. Mark Hamill's even come out and said, "Recast me. I'm good with that." If you want to keep well, telling Luke young Luke stories? Just find no, a master no, to play and, Luke. I agree. I agree with that. And Sebastian stands right there. By the way, exactly. I, I agree yeah. with that. But are people going to be accepting of that? Look at what I happened think. with Solo. And Kathleen Kennedy said, yeah, we won't be doing that ever again. Right. But no, Solo, Solo didn't fail because of... Felix it sucked. Exactly. Yeah. Had nothing the, to the, do with the yeah, actor the, who played uh, Han. Solo right. failed at, because at, of The Last Jedi. Because The Last Jedi came out six months before Solo. Yeah. That didn't help. And I don't at, think that at, helped. At the end of The Mandalorian, or the season one, where Luke shows up... Season two. Season two, Sorry. If you look at most of the reaction videos on YouTube, everybody was like, are we seeing Sebastian Stan? Are we seeing, like, people are expecting him to be recast. So I don't think it would be such a, a stretch to be able to, to, to do that. They got to be Sebastian Stan or, or better. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm okay with it. I think if he wants to do it, I'm not opposed to it because I think that one thing I liked about what I saw from, again, it was cut off my version of my what I saw. I really liked seeing Star Wars do some different things and go to different places. I really liked seeing some of the more, myst- like in Ahsoka, I really liked seeing the more mystical side mm-hmm. of the universe and a different type of mysticism than we're used to. So I mm. thought that was cool. I would like to see more of that. But at the same time, I don't think I'd mind some comfort food either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I got to finish the show. It's probably why it's hard to make that shit. This is true. Yeah. That's why we don't work for Disney. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, all right. A lot of reasons there. <laughs> I think it might be time to move on to a little social media madness. <laughs> we could skip that. We've got other stuff we can talk about. I love it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So first off, we had talked last week about Marvel has now started accepting pitches for the X-Men movie. And we actually got a couple people pitching ideas at us on Twitter. We are not uh, Marvel, but sure. We have no poll or no say. <laughs> Random Randy Savage said, the story of people with special abilities being called to an island shaped like a giant man and how the government wants to contain them. <laughs> and it's a picture of the a celestial coming out of the earth. I thought that was funny because it's, I have been thinking about that. They have not touched on that since. The yeah, they, because it's, nobody liked it. But it's like, how can you just leave that thread? There's a giant, Oh, wait, Man, just like uh, Celestial it, Island coming out of the. This is what you do. <laughs> That's it. You just ignore radio you silence. Just, yeah, you go radio silence. And you're like, oh, you people didn't like that movie. We had Jon Snow. No. Oh, OK, we're gone. <laughs> two people. We two. No. OK. Yeah. The, the nice part is that came out like the height of the pandemic. So people were busy and could be like, that never happened. No, we never made that movie. Angelina who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say leave it. Don't try to correct it now. The ship needs a little bit, needs right it a little bit more before you go back and try to talk me into liking the Eternals. This is the height of Feige hubris. Is you're gonna like the Eternals? And it's, am I really gonna like the Eternals? No. Actually, with Star Fox in the mix, you might get a little bit of a Loki vibe there because Star Fox is always a troublemaker. I and, am you know. far more interested in watching Chris Pratt spit on. Uh, Harry Styles than I am in watching Starfire. Starfire. Starfox? Starfox. Starfox. Starfire. Starfire, I like to see. Yeah. Starfire. All right. 
Yeah. And of course, you know, Don had to uh, give us a pitch. I, I, the X-Men, I'm guessing, right? Yes. Give us the original five versus Magneto with an emphasis on the Charles and Eric relationship and set it back in the 60s. You also need to put in there somewhere that the mutants tend to age slower than normal humans. This way, Magneto can still be in the Holocaust. We did. I th- yeah, I don't think they're going to go. I don't think they're going to go back to the 60s. But I do think... I don't know. I've seen some stuff that there's some embargo. They're not going to use Wolverine right away. I don't buy that for a fucking minute. Okay. Then he also says, also there should be a Hulk versus Wolverine side story that makes Professor X take note of Wolverine and then show him recruit Wolverine at the end of the credits. Second end credit scene should be Professor X and Psych telling the giant. Okay. Telling a giant size X-Men about the other X-Men being captured by Krakoa. So he wants giant says X-Men that's, number one. That's, that's very yes. faithful. Yeah. Yes. That, that's Don. I'm not surprised it's, at all. Yeah, but he, exactly the uh, Don literally pitched us X-Men first class. Yeah. That's yes, that movie, except he didn't have the first five X-Men. It had a weird random collection of random mutants. Hey man, what's up? Come here. I was about to say you've got a visitor behind you. <laughs> what's up? Want to say hi? Hi. Okay. Yo. Yo. I like a Pikachu pajamas. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Love you. See, when my visitor shows up, it'll probably be because they clawed their way up to my face and started to take out my eyes. Uh, I'm waiting for my cat. All right. So the other one was the question I proposed to the audience. So <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a little bit of controversial uh, controversy online this past week. about Controversy online? Get out um, <laughs> there was a poll that came out where I think they rated the, the best Wolverine artist. And I think Barry Jim Windsor Lee- Smith. I think Jim Lee came out on top. That's wrong. His Wolverine's 13 heads high. <laughs> Why is... So, Sorry. hold on. But it doesn't end there. So then a certain artist who doesn't draw feet... Not Barry Windsor Smith. No, yeah. He came out and was like... Basically was tooting his own horn. He, he put art of, compared to his and, and Jim Lee's and was like... You gotta... Basically saying he was like the best Wolverine artist out there. When the fuck did Rob Liefeld even draw Wolverine? He drew of X-Force? Yeah. Come on. You can't even consider Rob Liefeld a Wolverine artist. Like he I would never, say. He no, but he him. did this, and then it, just, it, it, it blew up on like all of the platforms, people talking about it. It just you know, became this thing. You know what he's guy. really good at? Rob Liefeld is really good at directing the conversation back to him whenever he wants to. <clears throat> like, he's, no, he's an amazing carnival bar. Like... He's yeah. made up. He for this whole career, he has made up for lack of talent and training. With <laughs> well, no, I'm dead serious here. Yeah, with, I know. I know. Self with just self marketing, and just the Sorry. ability to just that's okay. The ability to just lure people in with his cult of personality. Yeah, and anything that he did have art wise was like bombast. Was like the same thing as his personality. Was bombast. like bombast yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Mr. Bombast. Oh. And I would agree. <laughs> Really uh, Barry Windsor Smith, great. Also, I would say John Byrne, probably. John Byrne. Yeah. He drew him with nice hairy forearms and mm. made him like he, a squat little guy. Yeah, he defined, he gave he him was. the old man face. You can't not say John Byrne. Barry, to me, it's always Barry Windsor Smith. That's the I agree. one. What else? So who else is on? The, I, I don't dislike Jim Lee's Wolverine, but I also don't think there's anything about it that's like special. Other than the fact that he drew it at the height of X-Men popularity. Yeah, to and me, I think that's where it came from, why he won this Paul, because like he, uh, Jim Lee, everyone, yeah, exactly. Everyone read Jim Lee's X Men books. 
But do you he, remember those X-Men trading cards that Jim Lee, he drew all of them? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Okay, those were great because he drew all of those and he inked them himself and he drew them really fast. And he inked them with Sharpies and markers. And it's, what, it didn't have that. I don't mind Jim Lee. When I see his sketches, I like it. It's the Scott Williams, the precision of the inking that is so boring. My eyes just glaze over. It just yeah. flattens everything out and I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. So, of course, I went on the social media and I asked our followers who draws the best wolverine i'm afraid to hear what people say honestly so let's start over over on the tiki talks we had 8-bit ray said frank miller which i think was funny frank miller actually did draw legitimately the frank miller and wolverine that is that's a cool book it's a cool looking book too that book yes. is amazing yeah, i have the the, you know, the four-part miniseries yeah. yeah i have that that's great but then there's a later on like where he was getting the blocky or okay, I know Frank Miller just stopped existing after the year 1997. Oh, is that <laughs> never forget works? that. It's not a real person anymore. It's an algorithm. Yes. Um, an AI. After mm-hmm. Helen back. Mm-hmm. After Sin City, Helen back. It's that's, it. that's the line. He was done. He retired. <laughs> Mr. R. Savage said Jim Lee. Come on. And even I know that's wrong. Blartzilla <laughs> said, Love Burn, but it's definitely not Rob. LOL. <laughs> he's right <laughs> over on uh instagram sylvestri did a pretty good one mark sylvestri did do a really if good if you want to get the image guys i'd say sylvestri probably did a better one sylvestri's probably um, the best artist of those guys randy I mean, that's, that, that's true. yeah randy commented again and says okay now that i'm not on the toilet looking up artists <laughs> i can use the full power of my keyboard Frank quietly. Also, you guys should explain uh, the authority. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> that's pretty, a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a different show. Um, not hard, but no. But they got to get into the authority. I don't know. It's it's like the Justice League, but dickhead. Before yeah. that was like cool, right? Yeah. Before I like. I love quietly. I like Frank quietly, but and I do like him and Morrison on X Men. Me too. But I do wish they didn't have the leather movie costumes. Yeah. That's, he that's, like, the, that's the huge drawback for me. I agree. I love and I love Frank Wiley. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's amazing. But he just drew a super sexy Wolverine, and that just doesn't yeah. work for me. He was drawing Hugh Jackman, and it's I don't know. Wolverine's a good-looking dude now, and that's not what he he's, was supposed to be. Yeah, he's supposed to be a short little runt. Yeah, yeah, a Wolverine, a feral little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then finally over on X, formerly known as Twitter, so Wizard Podcast. So, you know, this is Joey. I want to hear Joey's um, story about this now. Continue. Okay, so he gave his top five. Number five is Mike Zek. Mm. Four is John Byrne. All right. Three is Liefeld. Two mm. is Adam Hubert. And Mark okay. Silvestri is number one. Silvestri's good. I would... What about... I like, uh, I like Silvestri, but I he did Daredevil too, right? What about Art Adams? I would put him... Art Adams, that's a great I would put run. him in there. Yeah. All those Mid-80s. image guys learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And he, he was better... Than those guys that mid 80s X Men run is underrated at that point. No one calls it X, yeah. Nobody, yeah. I've, I've a lot of podcasts I listen to, that's what they say. They say X, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I just, I think Art Adams is significantly better. I think Paul Smith was better than Rob Liefeld. Like, that's true. I don't think, I don't Um, think you can go wrong with any of those 80s guys. I replied to So Wizard with, but can Liefeld draw his feet? To which they said, Wow, feet jokes, it's 2002 here. I'm a big fan of his work, and he's a great dude. And I said, it seem, I seem to remember a Liefeld jo- foot joke in Deadpool 2 in 2018. 
Space Tacticians said me and posted a picture of his, some of his art on it? Wolverine. It's actually That's pretty cool. good. I like that move, by the way. That's yeah. a good That's move. Good. I respect anybody that... If you're going to pin somebody. Is, yeah, yeah. I respect anybody that throws their work out there publicly and says, I'm better than all these guys. <laughs> and then puts receipts. Like, that's yeah. gutsy. Kudos, yeah. sir. D2 Comics chat. D2, uh, DT2 Comics chat, sorry. They, John Byrne, Len Yu, and Mark Silvestri. Linnell Yu? Yeah, Linnell Yu is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> finally, BK on the air said, a lot of great Wolverine list artists, but for me, it's John Byrne. A lot of people love Byrne. John Byrne's John Byrne. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I missed two. Uh, Randy said, I may just be naming artists randomly, but Pepe Lenars? No, I've never heard of him. I'm not familiar with his work. Don't know that one. And then Don said, Alex Ross all day. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. I like Alex Ross, but I can't think of his Wolverine off the top of my head. I think Alex Ross stuff works better with DC. I think so, too. I agree. Chris has a yeah. look of absolute disgust on his face with Alex Ross. I, I just, respect it. It's the same kind of... It's so stiff. Yeah. It's cartooning, I, cartooning I like, for me. I like it when... I want it, to be, I want it to look like it's drawn by a human hand. I guess what makes Alex Ross different, though, especially yeah. in the era you came from, like I think that's what... That's CPL. It, does. it, it made him stand out. I understand yeah. that. And I'm not saying it's not... But yeah, I get it. Technically good. I also just, feel like... It, it leaves it, me cold. I feel, I feel like you. It, uh, some of his... Um, <clears throat> characters like it's the same person just in a different costume his batman and superman are remarkably identical except for the i game. will say his newest book that fantastic four full circle which is not painted is pretty great and really you it, and you should check it i out. will check yeah. that out i like the marvels did you ever read the marvels books the one with are, you, are you serious of course <laughs> I like the Spider-Man one and the Fantastic Four one. What kind of question is that? In the in the suburbs that came in the mail with little pot with little samples of Tide. <laughs> oh my God! It's a Wayne's so, world. Oh. Ah, okay. No, but I but but again, <laughs> there is definitely criticism for Alex Ross. Yeah, so that's it. We didn't get as it, it's funny. I will say that when you're t- when you're not talking about movies, when you're doing a specific comic question, you don't get as much many responses. Yeah. There was also something else that happened related to this, and I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I don't know why it, it bothered me. Some random podcast who will remain nameless, who doesn't even follow us, who is res- it? responded on on social media. Oh, is that the comic book guy from Simpsons? Because it's a video of me talking, asking the question. Damn, that's harsh. What a dick. I, I looked at the, the profile. They had 50 followers, oh. and they haven't posted anything since 2021. All they do is respond. So oh. All they're doing is trolling. I just hit the block button and move on. I was going to swear at him, but okay. Trolling <laughs> is a way to him. build up. A lot of places do that just to build up their some kind of following. I guess. 50 followers are not building anything up. So. I, so I know. He's horrible true. at trolling, apparently. <laughs> It's just a burner. Not because the guy doesn't have his pot anymore. It's clearly just a burner, so he could be a dick. Yeah, because he's a coward and won't say anything with his mouth. Oh shit, bitch! Was it was it the Rock who said? Was it that wasn't the Rock? Was it somebody that that quote where you could tell people a lot of these kids online haven't gotten hit in the mouth? Maybe Um, there's some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. So. Randy says nobody reads comics as much. This is no, it's easier to watch. But let's be honest, we're we're a comic podcast that spends ninety percent of the time talking about movies. Yeah, Frosty says Lin Yu and Kubert are the best. Yeah, I like Adam Kubert. 
Not he's my um, favorite, but I like him. Well, I, I did put a post um, on Facebook, and it was a joke. And I was just, and, a joke, not a joke. Like, I had said recently there's been some controversy about who does the best Wolverine. And I said two things. Number one, every artist does something that appeals to a fan. That's why they like it. You like an artist because you like something about their art. So mm-hmm. you're going to say they do the best Wolverine regardless. And I also said, and number two, you cannot declare yourself the best at something. And then I said, on that note, I think the best Wolverine is Greg Horn. And I posted a couple of his Wolverine things. Oh, so your so friend your is the best Wolverine. Exactly. I'm biased. And I said, but like, I'm admitting that, right? I said, you're going to have a bias towards the artist you like. And yes, exactly. My so seven-year-old draws the best Wolverine. See, so there you go. Fan of wiki fingers. Feet, then, <laughs> if you're a fan of WikiFeet, then you like Rob Liefeld's. Oh, I do agree with Joey. The feet jokes are passe at this point. There's so much else you can make fun of Rob Liefeld for. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little tired. All right. On that note, when the Captain America giant titties are just sitting there or standing <laughs> out there, depending on how you look at it, sticking straight out there. That is all the social media madness for the week. So if you would like to follow us on social media and be part of social media madness for next week, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to superherospeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post whenever they come up. Give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I'm tired of these dumb motherfuckers. I... All right, it's back to the show. I stand by that. Whoa, Chris. Chris went potty. Hey, hey, <laughs> yes, and also while you're here, thanks for that, Whoops. Don. And while you're here, make sure you click that subscribe button and click that bell for notifications so you don't miss us when we go live on Sunday nights. <laughs> subscribe comment do all the youtube stuff and uh, we greatly appreciate it oh andy wants to know if you got your play button he's watching all these dumb shit youtubers and he's like yeah do you have your play button for this podcast do you have your play button for that podcast and i'm like what the hell are you talking about fucking kid you you need a hundred thousand subscribers he says you need one subscriber to get a play button oh my god i don't know if that's accurate my friend i wish that was true yeah yeah so (laughs) Wouldn't everyone get one? Because you would just subscribe to your own show. I just ignore him when he talks like this. <laughs> he told his mother he wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up. And I just oh, went, die. I died. I know, I died. Yes. I'm a failure. Yeah. And here I am talking on the YouTube. That's if you wanted to. It's like if you wanted to be a stripper or something. I mean, that's... <laughs> make more money. <laughs> Dave, get our OnlyFans account ready. <laughs> Speaking of strippers and OnlyFans. Oh, a Randy commercial. Let's, let's take a goes. quick commercial oh, break. No. Actually, this is a little bit of a longer one. Ben, I'm, I'm sure we're strapping something in a longer Yeah. <laughs> Some podcasts are like this. There was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow. 
Yeah. What would be your weapon of choice? I'm screwed. Have you ever seen World War Z? I have. You know what I mean? Dawn yeah. of the Dead type shit. Yeah. I rely on my fans at that point. That's and a good answer. I'm going to be like, I need my so fans to protect me so that I can like breed with you when there's not many humans. Okay, but then I have to ask a follow combat weapon. It can be anything. My tits are my combat weapon. Okay, you go out and fight for me, the tits will be waiting for you. That's like multiple weapons because there's fucking... Two million guys. I'm saying, this is what I offer. Like, could you not... imagine an army of millions? Yeah, we would have the biggest army <laughs> of all time the outside the house. Check this out. What about you? I come then? back in, I'm on my knees, ready to suck. And some podcasts are like this. Currently house sitting for my parents whilst they're away on holiday for a week. On the first night, after a few glasses of wine, I got under the bed to plug my phone charger into the wall. <laughs> there, I found a very pretty shoebox. Oh no! Don't look in the shoebox under the bed. Oh, I don't even know if I can read this. Why would you bloody look? <laughs> Why? Imagine my shock as I opened it to find my mother's very large and realistic battery-powered boyfriend. Hindsight is great, and I know now that I should have left it there, but my curiosity would unfortunately get the better of me. Being alone and horny, and also quite impressed by the XL veiny monster no. I had in my hand... No, no, no. Oh! She did not use a monster, though. <laughs> Tell me, Rod. <laughs> Tell me. Please. Please. People are disgusted. She did not. <laughs> I gave it a wash, turned it on, and slipped it in. So not to go into too much detail, all I'll say is the beast was amazing. It hit all the right spots. Upon closer in... Oh, no! It gets worse! How? How does it get worse? She's using her mum's dildo, for Christ's sake. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The only markings were a faint name on the base embossed in the plastic. It read... Clone a willy. Turns out I've been getting the best orgasms of my life from a replica of my father's penis. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Because he basically alley-oops his fucking horse while he's still on it. Yeah. He, the he... horse and the rider lifted by one dude, one arm, blam, into the ground. <laughs> but he's just the man. Are you... Fucking kidding. Everyone saw it. <coughs> it was not embellished. It didn't digitally do shit. That happened. I he, mean, for us, it was digital, but for everyone else, it was real. Yeah, so it was yeah, like, it was fuck. But that was the most awesome shit I ever seen. Because I've never seen that done before. Ever. Okay. Typical weight of a horse is between <laughs> 840 and 2,000 pounds. Just the horse. One this guy shoulder pressed one two thousand pounds with one hand, dude, and made it look easy. It wasn't like he went rah, like he just went. He, he, he didn't make, make a noise. Straight, just like him and it. You are now listening to Carlos. This is Beat 'Em Down, and I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. I thought there's a lot. There's a lot to take in. As the young lady was explaining, 
Is it over yet? Or So the first lady with the boobs. Is that really any different than Helen of Troy, right? Launching the Trojan War. What she's proposing. Is it really a difference? No, no. Like no. she's just a little bit more graphic with it, but it's essentially the same shit Homer was talking about, right? It's the same thing. Randy, Maybe. Randy, you have to tell us how you find these. Podcasts. I was just gonna say that. We're, now the th- new story better it was British guys. If Joe Rogan had read that story, it wouldn't have been nearly as funny. The fact that this because pr- I don't know who that guy is, but he was very prim looking and had that proper British voice made it just work. That horrendous story that I, it can't be real, but I hope it's real because it makes for a great story that I'm definitely telling my wife before I go to, it's a classic story, yes, that I'm going to tell my wife before <laughs> I go to sleep tonight. And I'm like, hey, Michelle, listen to this one. Um, Christopher Smith says emotional damage. <laughs> yeah, tons. that girl needs therapy now and through no fault of her parents because they tried to keep it away. Although how flattering of a wife to get a replica of her husband's penis made. That's love. <laughs> Chris, you're on mute, my friend. How about now? You're good. There you go. All right. John, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I had the earpiece out. I wasn't listening. Oh, you my God. You didn't have God. the piece in the hole? Funny. I got a story about that. And it goes back. <laughs> <laughs> that is epic, Randy. This one was epic. This is you. I just, I can't. be your finest work yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you move on from that. And of course, Dwayne the Rock. Girl found a way moving on to that. Oh. <laughs> of course, the Rock can flip a horse with, with one arm. Didn't he's her- To be fair, it's Hercules. Like, I can accept Hercules can th- so with one arm. It's Hercules. <laughs> all right. All right. We got a couple of news stories. Now, it's been a light week, as usual. I got to say, none of these interested me. <laughs> just right off the bat. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> First off, DC is going to DC again. They're retconning the JSA history and Alan Scott with a new Green Lantern series that's coming out. And basically they're making like he didn't want to be part of the JSA. And now that they're saying that he was a closet closeted homosexual, that's going to play into the forming of the JSA and all this stuff. Okay, I don't know. What do we think? They've Um, had Alan Scott as gay before. mm hmm. Yeah, when they did the Earth Two series with Earth, when they did the Earth Two series with the New Fifty Two. They, they had Alan Scott gay. And yeah, I think they liked the change and it's whatever. He could still be the I, father. I, I liked that series actually. It wasn't bad. It was under in, in an era of books that were not great. It was actually all right. James Robinson, I believe, wrote that series. Yeah, Tom yeah. Taylor finished it up. Yeah, it was good. That's good stuff. Brought it um, wasn't he could still be Jade and Adam Smasher? Was that who Jade's brother was? Was it Adam Smasher? Yeah, his father. No, not Adam Smasher. No, it's Jade and. Uh, the one who almost destroyed all of existence. God damn it. Extent? Extent? No. Who the hell? Extent? Jade and Obsidian. See, Obsidian. 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 Yes. I was thinking Onyx, and I'm like, that's not right, so I'm not going to say no, it. That's Sticky Fingers. They yeah. did slam. <laughs> sticky Fingers. Slam. Let the boys be boys. No, of course, because they're making it that he was closeted, right? So yeah, a lot sure. of closeted homosexuals get married, have kids, all yeah. that stuff. Especially like, I don't the, have a, are they keeping it in the issue. 40s? That's my ultimate question. Is this new JSA? Yes, yeah, because it, it is like the original yeah. JSA. They're just like retelling the, <clears throat> the history. I'm fine with all of this. Sure. Yeah. This, John? This just seems like what they do when they start like relaunch a series. Yeah. John, no you're being quiet. No, I've got no problem with it. John's waiting for the next porn joke to slip in. I'm... <laughs> oh, 
God. The look on your face is just, <laughs> I'm so proud of my innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> That's become the fun part of every week is how can I break John? Christopher Columbus, Iowa, Wisconsin, Georgia. Ugh. I just don't I like I don't have an issue with them telling this story. It's just the whole like using an existing character thing. Like why not come up with a new character? Because it's the JSA. Like they yeah, are it makes it work it makes it work because they're trying to do it in the forties, like yeah. through that lens. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I don't think if it were a character with if it was Superman, right? And then you eradicate the Lois Lane story. Okay, that doesn't work because that's part that relationship is integral to the character's development. Right. I can't tell you who Alan Scott's love interest was in the 1940s. No, exactly. That's the whole thing too with that kind of stuff. Is anyone who were fans of these characters when they were originally came out is aren't dead. around anymore? <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> I wish they would just do stuff sometimes and not tell us they're going to do it. Yeah, press yes. releases is what I hate. Just, I hate just, press releases. Just stop. Just do the story. Just make the yeah, damn book. That is actually an excellent point. PR um, awful. Yeah. Wait. Press. Not all of them, because some of us, we've got some good interviews lined up for the convention. You run so. the site. You run the site, <laughs> not me. Fuck them. <laughs> no one cares no about, one new, cares characters. about new characters. That's, that's true. Unless they come... No one cares about new characters from, from Big Two. People will super get into a new character if it's in its own series or if it's got a creators that they like or they have like followings on Kickstarter. Like people dig new characters from major companies. Nope, no one cares about it. It's all about, it's I, all about pre-established IP. I don't think... Hold on, what's this? JD Breaking John, what the fuck? No. Oh, for the win. Oh, okay. I don't think that's true. Name me one from... Name me a character since the year 2000 that has stood out and has become a huge character in either company. And I'm not going to give you Damian Wayne because he's a Robin. Miles Morales. He's a Spider-Man. Kamala Khan. She's a Miss Marvel. It's all yeah. It's all variant. It's all new coat of paint. Have you, have you seen Ultimate Iron Man? His suit or the his suit colors are Kang colors now. It's just no. it's taking the same. It's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. reconfiguring See, all the things that exist. It's not like in the '90s when they would try Dark Hawk and do something like completely right. different. Up a Sleepwalker. It's just new packaging for his characters. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when Sleepwalker came out. Sleepwalker. Oh my! I remember. Do you remember when Tom DeFalco called Sleepwalker Marvel Sandman? That's what the. That's how he he was Sandman done right. Yeah, Sandman done right. That's what it was. Yeah, Tom DeFalco, (laughs) great editor in chief, but maybe oversold that or didn't get what Sandman really was. Yeah, I don't think he got it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. The last successful original character (laughs) is probably Deadpool. Speedball. Speedball. <laughs> Thank Steve you, Randy. Randy. Steve Remember Ditko Speed... created Speedball. He did. Steve Ditko did create Speedball. Remember when Speedball turned all emo and it was Penance when, when yes. Warren Ellis got a hold of him? He yeah. had all the spikes that constantly run. drove into him to punish him. Yeah. Harley punish Quinn. People. Harley Quinn, I will give you. That's the same year that Dar- that um Deadpool comes out. And even mm-hmm. she is she's just a she's Joker. Not really. Post- yeah, she's connection, and that yeah, she's I said, been, I, she's been said, for a while too. But she's post like, two thousand. She came out in nineteen ninety two. I do feel like part of the problem is they're afraid to take chances. The big two, so they just keep repackaging new because no like one what, cares. What new do. characters have even come out? If you're going to sit there and say, okay, Miss Marvel and Miles Morales are just retooling of uh, characters, what new characters have come out since two thousand? Static. Collins. Static Shack was nine. Was that? Static Shack was in DC. Just bought out a whole line of new books. What 
2019 damage brimstone it was all these like different characters and nobody cared so before that gerard way was doing the young animal stuff yeah the young that was about concurrently yeah yeah and no one cared about that either like those when it comes those are pretty good they were pretty good actually i quite enjoyed some of those books when it comes to the big two people want their comfort food they want their meat and potatoes right and they'll they'll take a new character if miles morales was called scorch i just came up for sinking my head he'd be gone same exact everything, right? Same character, same background. Everything was the same, but you didn't call him Spider-Man. You'd be gone. It's true. True, true. All right. <laughs> depressing. You're depressing, Dave. Yeah, you are. What I do? Um, I grossed out John and I depressed Dave. So let's move on. So the Agatha series that's coming, which has gotten about 20 title changes for the series itself. It's now called Agatha Darkhold Diaries. Who fucking cares about the title? Just put the damn show out. It's the same fucking show when it comes out. Why does it need 80 different titles, Kevin so, Feige? Why do you keep having to think about stuff no one gives a shit about? No one's going to call it Dark Home Diaries. They're just going to call it Agatha. What yeah, the hell? When it comes, probably when it comes, it'll just be Agatha. Yeah. We don't need this. Is this because we can't release any information? So they're going to say, oh, we're going to create a new title for Agatha. So we have to put out a press release about something. Probably. All right, so it's it's I that's not the story. The story was they released the synopsis of the show, and basically she gets out of the spell. She remembers who she is, but she has no powers, and so the show is about her going and trying to gain her powers back. So it's a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Is it a redemption arc? No powers. That almost every storyline that starts with that kind of a synopsis is basically she's going to learn through trial and error how by the time she gets her powers back it'll be like sight of her all along yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) the power of friendship which could be a good story for her the real powers were the people we met along the way i like agatha and friends not even a little bit Catherine Hahn was fun in that role but my god did that did that take on a needless it became a meme right and i too liked the monsters theme that she got right that was fun Remember that little yeah. song? It was, it oh, was yeah, the Agatha monsters. All along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the monsters. It's a meme. <laughs> yep. It, she's a meme. And here's the problem is I don't think anybody really cares about this anymore because it's been almost three years. That's the other out. problem, right? They're taking so long to make this. Pandemic right. and strike. It's been a lot going on in the world. Yeah. So. so you can't blame them for that part. Yeah. I can blame the fact that I don't really want to watch this. Why do I care about <clears throat> not every this is they do this in comics too. Here's, every time a side character gets a little bit of popularity, they got to shoehorn its own title in. Ooh, like here's, series. Here's yeah, the thing. Who, that, yeah. the fuck. The only thing that that caught my interest about this is the whole she breaks out of the spell, right? So is that an indication that Wanda is actually dead? Could be. Yeah. Depends. On, it depends on uh, what Elizabeth Olsen's contract status looks like at the moment. And she's apparently not doing stuff with Marvel anymore because Marvel, Kevin Feige thinks he could take every C-list character and make them interesting. Well, that is wrong. Or every C-list prop, like the Darkhold. Who cares about that? I don't give a... I've read Marvel comics since 1986. I don't give a fuck about the Darkhold. Yeah, it's so boring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wet fart. Unless they do it like the Book of the Dead from Evil Dead. No, okay, now hold on. Now hold on. If the thing was bound in human flesh and had a face like this on the cover i'd be all about it and if bruce campbell showed up with the chainsaw hand to go after Catherine hahn now we're in business now See? i'm in now i'm in exactly but if you're not gonna give me bruce campbell with the chainsaw hand i don't care <laughs> can they recast them 
Or does it have to be Bruce Campbell? No, they keep... Okay, they tried that last year, too, with another Evil Dead movie, and guess what? Nobody cared about that either. Yeah. What's the fucking point of the Evil Dead without Bruce Campbell? If you take Bruce Campbell out of the Evil Dead movies, they're bad, right? There's no point. It's like people keep remaking the... Oh, no, it's starting in Q, it's Mephisto. That will be the focus of this show for the next six months (laughs) because we wasted our time like that. Do it like Agents of Shield did it. I didn't watch Agents of Shield. <laughs> we we actually did. Was it Agents of Speak? Like we were. Yeah, pre, it was pre JD. Yeah, it was a long time ago. John. <laughs> <laughs> we old. We should do some reaction videos. I don't know. All right. Hmm. Think about that. Knock, knock yourself you know? out. <laughs> Have fun with that. Actually, people would pay to see me knock myself out on a video. <laughs> well. Whatever this channel needs for monetization, John, it's time to step up. <laughs> As everybody looks to me instead of I'm not else. knocking myself out. I didn't volunteer that. No? Good grief. Oh, all right. Hold on. This, it's not coming up now, the site. And the last news. It's, this only caught It's having I, trouble coming up. Play that commercial again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this story only caught my eye because we re- recently talked about or at least I did, how like mid-tier publishers seem to be in a lot of trouble, especially since the pandemic. And so now Dark Horse is going to start publishing role-playing game books. They're doing it at the exact wrong time. They are doing it at the worst possible I was about to say, that's why I brought it up, because I figured John would have something to say about this. Was it Wizard of the Coast is trying to put together something called D1? Like, it'll be an ongoing... D&D version now instead of like ver- actual versions like D&D 5 was the last one out and they're pushing for you can buy the books physically but they're pushing right. for everybody to go to D&D Beyond where you have to buy the books electronically as well you can't take a physical book that you bought and have that translate into being able to use it with D&D Beyond where you Dungeon Master or whatever and you have access to every all the rules and everything online <clears throat> you have to buy them electronically too so with that, like Pathfinder is starting to put out a lot of advertising now because they're like, because Wizards of the Coast is screwing the pooch on that. But the problem is everything's starting to go digital. So to start publishing actual physical copies now yeah. is, it might it may stay physical for the next couple of decades because Wizards of the Coast is screwing this up so bad. But So a couple of years end, ago was the last time I played Dungeons & Dragons. It was at my one friend's house. He wanted to play it for his 50th birthday. And his son plays Dungeons & Dragons. And, like, yeah, that's the thing. He brought up a website where it created our characters for us. And then we just printed them out. Yeah, Roll, there's Roll20 and D&D Beyond. Uh, and, yeah, D&D Beyond. And there's a couple of others, actually. But, yeah, that's the whole thing. It was like, you're right. A lot of this stuff is just... On, and, like, all the stuff was available online. All the... Rule book well, and stuff. But the publishers are trying to push you to buy. I have a collection that dates back to literally 1978, and they are pushing for you. I bought all the D&D 5, 5.0 books. Yeah. And they're, it's a couple hundred bucks for a, a lot of hardcover books. And they're pushing for you to rebuy them again electronically. And that's eventually, that's probably where it's going to go. I like the physical ones. A lot of the old school players do, but the new players who had don't have this investment will be buying them online so they can use them with something like D&D Beyond where you can manage a game using the rules because you bought the books online and are 
you have access to those rules and those character classes and stuff. So they're so they're dark horses behind the curve is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. They're, they're about a decade behind. They're partnering with Misfit Press, the and the the first the game that they're doing is called Lancer, which I've never heard of. It's one of these. It takes place in the future. It's not a D game. There again in the future. Okay, you have Torg, you have Shadowrun, and Warhammer parts of Pathfinder. Yeah, Warhammer parts of Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Because Pathfinder is just you have rules for all characters from future and past. So they're saying that the that there was a Lancer Kickstarter and it made four hundred thousand in its original Kickstarter. But okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a huge audience for it going forward either. Like, no, even I would invest in a Kickstarter like that. But it doesn't mean the game will ever. We've been to the cons. You've seen places where they they are like a, there's at least a couple of booths with people hawking new role playing games. New games all the time. Yep. Yeah, that's weird. So we'll see. Because Dark Horse is the one who had the Star Wars license for years. and They do have some Star Wars license right now as well. Oh, they still do? Okay. Marvel, they... has, Marvel has the majority of it, but IDW and Dark Horse also have, in limited <laughs> capacity, some IDW Star Wars. IDW has a piece of, of almost everything. W is not doing well. But, but Valiant but... is in the previous catalog. They oh. farmed their books out to Alien Books. Which is oh, something wow. I've never heard of. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's, there's what's actual Guala, what's Guala Valiant right now? They they're basically they're licensing their books to be published by another company. Yeah, that's a company that's that good. no that one's was an ever heard of. <laughs> I was gonna say that that was something I brought up a couple weeks ago too when I was talking about the mid tier publishers. Yeah, that's yeah. they're. <laughs> it was funny because what was it? Was it last year? I had sent an email to our contact we over over there, and I'm like. Are you guys going to be at the con? Who's going to be there? Do you want to can we set up some interviews? And they were like, oh, we're currently in a rebuilding phase. And then all of a sudden, they're like yeah. farming out their stuff. They for, were down to one title a month for yep. a while. Yeah. And now it's been a few months. They haven't put out anything. And then this Alien Books has solicited a couple things. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's story of Valiant. Yeah. If, if Dark Horse or yeah. any of these other guys were smart, they would go for trading card games. Those are guaranteed I mean, some, at least some income. Dark Horse has been into, they're an independent publisher. They've been owned by one guy since 1987. They're okay. Yeah. Being Valiant is <clears throat> a decade ago when Dinesh and those guys, after years of litigation and fighting to get those yeah. things going, had it going pretty good. And then unfortunately, they he did. ended up with a VC company. And this always happens when things go right. VC guys go, time to cash out. And then they lost control of their company. And since yep. then, it just has not been firing. If that, oh, yeah, all the main if, guys were thrown mm-hmm. out. They mm-hmm. went off and did bad idea. Yep, which it's, that's what happens. It's actually so crazy. Good books. Yeah. but it's yeah. the same. It's almost the same thing that happened with Shooter, like in the nineties. It's exactly the same. It's, it's almost identical. It's wild. It's fucking weird. It's it's so wild. The parallels you can draw there, and I think that universe was still because Dinesh and those guys had a plan. And it was those, so good. It were when that universe launched in like two thousand twelve ish. Those are some of my favorite books that were coming out. Like almost everything yeah. they put out was really good. I'm a, I have a real soft spot for Valiant and all that stuff was. Yeah. It was. It's a. Hey, every thirty years they break my heart. Yeah, consistently. Let's just, let's just say. <laughs> let's just put it that way. I'm gonna be a sixty year old man. I'm like they did it to me again. It's gonna. Son it's, of a bitch. Yeah, they keep doing this. And, and like and when I'm they sure, finally like, make a movie, you fall asleep during it. To be fair, Bloodshot. I don't, Shot, Bloodshot I don't was care like, about the movies. That's the problem. They care about movies. Yeah, I don't care about movies. 
make good comics. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And Bloodshot was not even close to being the most interesting character in that universe to begin oh, no. with. Like, Bloodshot oh, is a charisma vacuum. The character it has been. There's something like, you got Archer and Armstrong sitting there, and you're going to go in the Eternal Warrior and like, Exo Man of War, and there's all these great properties you Shadow can go Man. with. Shadow any, Man. Any of those oh, are God, better. Shadow Man would have been a great movie. Rai or Ninjak. Like, there's so much cool stuff there. And they go with Bloodshot. With and I, you know what? I will say that when I go to the bigger cons, Shadow Man, I will see cosplayed. So it's a cool weird. character. Yeah, yeah, so it is weird that they didn't pick him. For I think Straczynski or somebody was writing a script, or I don't know. All that stuff's been in development at various points in the past like decade but that was the only one that went anywhere somehow yeah it's easy yeah yeah it's easy it's it's the easiest concept to but it's so not interesting that's it's it's boring yeah yeah and that's why uh, and again it came out a really bad time came out like early 2020 so it was like february 15th yeah it was bad it was weeks before the world went to shit those shows from back in March 2020, they're fun to look back on. Hey, we're doing nothing. I'm going to keep doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. The Valiant thing, it, it, there's a great, like, Ken Burns-style multi-part documentary in the history of Valiant comics that I would love to see. Yeah. Why don't you I make agree it? with you. There's actually a reading, there's a reading rainbow where LeVar Burton goes to Valiant back in the 90s when they were still kicking that. the first time. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. It's weird. It's so, it, I <laughs> like imagine. A 10-minute segment. What's well, so cool, too, because Valiant was the anti-image, right? Yeah. Like, it was all yes. story. It was no, like, their art was like, oh, it's fine. But their, their writing is great. And meanwhile, Image is like, look at this co- Look at this cover. Well, what's the story like? It's ass. <laughs> what story? Story? <laughs> look at Spawn. Look at yeah, all the were, points. They were definitely the two sides of the 90s coin. It was. Mix. It totally was. Very, it was interesting. <sighs> one company has flourished for 30 years yeah. and the other one has not have they really image yeah yeah how many ga- we've yes, talked really about this have. how many characters do they have left from the original launch who cares Two. it doesn't matter the company's yeah. still here yeah they've reinvented themselves they didn't have to they started off as a marvel clone marvel doesn't game. still publish kid cold you're not complaining about that <sighs> i am that is, that is a comment i miss kid cold come on <laughs> well, here, here's the thing though is like image Image is the hub for like creator. Image is the new Vertigo. Image yeah. fulfilled the prophecy of what Vertigo should have been. Should have like, been right. They just they're still a Walking Dead show. Who well, I don't know anyone who watches it anymore, but it's still there. Exactly. Yeah. We're all waiting on Invincible. Like Image is Image reinvented itself. Yeah. Because it just let creators do what creators do. It's flexible enough. It can do that every mm-hmm. every whenever. And they it made needs some to. good decisions too. Like like a show. Yeah. But yeah, they, let, right. they let creators have, they just, there's the place where people can put their books out, right? Image doesn't have to be like what Valiant wants to be. Valiant wants to be Marvel. You can't be Marvel. Yeah. Image well, has before, no... before Shooter started Valiant, he tried to buy Marvel after he was it, kicked yes. out. Yes. He raised a bunch of money and they tried to buy Marvel and that didn't succeed. But then he learned how to raise the money and start a company. And then that all went into Valiant. Mm-hmm. If you look at, if you look at the new universe, which is why he got fired from Marvel, it's very Valiant point oh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very similar concepts. It's yeah, it's very, the new universe is basically beta Valiant. 
Yeah, for sure. I, it's the new the Valiant stuff is way better than the universe. Like it's like he was figuring out the problem was he wanted the new universe to be Marvel. Yeah, yeah, go too far. But hey, the Valiant books were cool. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine a world where a Shooter actually bought Marvel. Wouldn't happen. How does that survive? The I wonder how that. The world, it's a different world. He probably has to sell anyway. Perlman still comes in. He probably was only in control of it for five years, but you still you probably don't have the Clone Saga or Age of Apocalypse and all those kind of things because you never have you never have the splintering of the offices that happen yeah. with Marvel. But they still go broke, and you still have to have. And Av Arad probably still comes in with Toy Biz, and Ron Perlman still probably takes. It's probably only a momentary blip in history because that was all economically driven. It wasn't like story driven. Yeah, I mean, you can also directly tie like Shooter being ousted from our from Marvel gives rise to all the image founding fathers. Yeah, because I never got all their job that got all their jobs there mm-hmm. because he would not have given them free reign to draw their books like that. Nope. So then they leave, and then Marvel goes into bankruptcy. So that's there's a direct line there. Yeah. That's a really good point. I never hmm. thought about that, but you're 100 right because none of those guys got their start when Shooter was still the editor in chief. Because he would yeah. he would have been like he would have yelled at Tom McFarlane. Spider Man has has muscles that move like a human. He would not, he does not look like this. And then mid shots, we need to understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Shooter was a good editor in chief, but like he also he ruled like a tyrant. Like guys hated him, right? Yeah, fascinating. That's a, a good point. He would have been like Liefeld. We need feet. <laughs> Liefeld never would have been hired because he, stuff like that. Like Shooter never would have allowed a guy like him to. Yeah, like McFarlane could do normal stuff. But like, I think and, McFarland started because he started on like GI Joe, and I think he might have started when Shooter was still there, like maybe for a couple months. Yeah, yeah but he wasn't drawing. Yeah, he was not doing it the way. No. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He was still copying. What's his name? I think he was doing Larry Hama like layouts yeah. or something, probably. Yeah. All right, that I think is it for the news. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our main topic. Call. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Gasoline, I smell. <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? Damn shame to see that Miramax logo attached to this movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why do you say that? Why, why do you say it? While you're sitting there, uh, John, I want you to Google the name Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Pivik had to go into that one. I thought it was pretty obvious, but okay. <laughs> we... so John's recommendation for the week is Miramax. <laughs> Got it. It's hard not to recommend anything from the 90s and not mention Miramax. Yeah, but yeah that is true. Like yeah. they were attached to anything Pulp that fiction. was good from that. Yeah, everything. From Desperado to Dawn. Everything. Like everything I loved from the 1990s was fucking made by Miramax. It sucks. Yeah. All right. Of course, we're talking 1994's The Crow, which was suggested by a like... fan at the during last week. We were talking about Daredevil, <laughs> like Daredevil. Because Mark Stephen Johnson saw this movie and said, oh, I can do this with Daredevil. And that's <laughs> the point of everything. So let's go around the room because some people are younger. Some people are older. Did you? So the question is, did you see this in the theater when it came out? And... When you rewatched it, do you think it holds up? So, Chris, you can go first. Yeah, I did see it, yes. And it holds up in a way because it was one of my first pop culture disappointments. Really? I, At the time? Yeah, so I was 15 okay. when this came out. And the I had the trade paperback for The Crow like a year and a half, maybe two years before that, like the kitchen sink version. So this original one I have. Okay, yeah. So Caliber put out the first four issues, and then I think they imploded, and then he went to Tundra, which was bought by Kitchen, or Kitchen Sink bought them, and then it finished up that first five-issue arc. And I think they sold that in Walden Books and stuff. It was one of the first trades that I have, because there just wasn't, trades just weren't ubiquitous the way they are now. Yeah. And so that was like a, as like a, whatever, however old I was, 14, 15, when I like read, that was like a super like, interesting book. And... There's a lot of weird, dumb changes from it to the movie. Yeah. I probably like it better now than I did then because a lot of them, they're not a big deal, but they're just kind of like head scratchers. Yeah. Like the little girl that's in the movie. Basically, he he just runs into her when he's the crow in the book and they don't have a previous relationship. Uh. He just sees the humanity in her and he's nice to her. And it's like kind of a better scene. But you can see the studio interference, like, well, why would he be nice to her? Do they know each other? You know what I mean? You could see, like, the wheels yes. turning and, like, yeah. them making all these, like, dumb, weird little decisions. Like that and, and changing, like, where they were killed. And he's not wearing makeup in the book. That's just what he looks like because he came back from the dead. But they're like, why does he look like that? Does he put on makeup? You know what I mean? Just all that, all these rules that John loves so much. <laughs> no, that, that's. I mean, so I mean, I, I, yeah. so anyway, that's a. That was a bit rambling, but. All right, real quick before we move to the next person, James did say I got my trade back, trade paperback after seeing the movie, and I had the opposite experience. Movie I dug, but then the trade blew my mind. All right, so that about you, JD. I'm a year younger than Chris, so I saw this at 14. <clears throat> I knew of the crew, but I never, I never really got into independent comics. Didn't. So I knew what it was and I was excited to see the movie more because I was a big Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I grew up, my dad was a big Bruce Lee fan. So we always watched Enter the Dragon. Like we used to watch Samurai Sundays in the 80s on Channel 66 in Chicago. So we watched all those goofy ninja movies growing up. So I knew who Bruce Lee was and then I subbed. So Showdown in Little Tokyo was big for me because that's it was Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. And that was Brandon Lee was going to be the guy. And <clears throat> I remember the year before this came out, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story came out. And I just love that movie. Oh, so yeah. Much. And it's corny as all hell and is completely historically inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But I was 13 when it came out. So it's got a special place in my heart. So this one, 
Like when I heard, cause I knew Brandon Lee, I was like digging Brandon Lee. And then I knew of the crow and I remember seeing the promotional material and it was 1994. Oh my God, this looks amazing. And then the legend behind the movie happened. And that pretty much, so for me, it's cemented it in my head. And I thought it held up pretty good. I loved this movie at 14 because I was 14 in 1994. Like it's geared for like me specifically. So I love this movie, but I also, it, it hurt. It's stuff that it's like, boy, this could only have been done in 1994. Some of the stuff ages a little silly, but all movies are of their era. So I respect that. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest heartbreak is because you really saw what Brandon Lee could have been. Like Heath Ledger did a lot of really cool shit before he played the Joker. Brandon Lee right. can't say that. Right. Like Brandon Lee, this was the first cool thing he did, and he was gone before we had the chance to. I'm convinced that he would have been Neo in the Matrix. I've always had right. that in my head. That oh. would have been a thing. That would have been a thing That's that happened. And a, yeah, it's a very obvious too. When you look at the original, like Steve Scrooge art, like it's totally Brandon Lee. And as a pro wrestling fan, this is Sting. Like I got my Sting mask right behind me. Like that all comes from the crow. So it's all got a it's all got a very special spot for me. So I, I love everything he, about this. We never does heard the, John Wick. He does the character justice as a yeah. quote, like according to the comic. That's very congruous with how that works. But there's a lot of other stuff in the movie that is weird for some reason. I've never read it. I've never read the comic actually. That I is wouldn't one recommend reading. I wouldn't recommend reading it now, unless you're like super goth or something still i think i've passed right. the goth phase in my life there's a yeah there's a lot of poetry yeah. a lot of stuff in it that um, you skip skip over it but i appreciate it i appreciate the honesty all right john as soon as i saw this i felt the need to go find a hot topic but i saw this just before i moved to texas and I hadn't read the book for, I remember seeing the book because 87 to 91 was my, when I was really heavily collecting comics. Mm -hmm. So I remember seeing it and I knew what the storyline was in general. And I, when I saw it in the movie theater, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to see that. I liked it. I liked it then it, but it was the nineties. And like I said, I've done research and the shit show that was the production of this movie is something to right. behold. It's amazing this was ever put out. It's amazing everybody didn't die on set half the time, apparently. Well, just the one guy. Yeah, yeah. no, they, there was one. All the big, cocaine yes. use. But there were, no, no there was, I've, I've got a list of other things that happened oh, on set. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about cursed uh, productions. This thing was cursed. Uh, yeah, I think it's still, it's, I guess you can look at it as more artistic if you're of a mind in 2023 to see it. It does it does still give hints of the comic underneath, but yeah, you can still see like changes that the, that the, that were made to the script to make it more movie worthy by the director, by the director or the, was it the producers or whatever? Yeah. Weinsteins. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So it was good. Why's he gotta have a, why's he gotta be white? He's gotta, well, he can't be like, well, he's gotta have a face paint or something like that on his face. That's just what I imagine they sound like. I don't know if they actually sound like that, but in my head, <laughs> oh when my I hear God. Bob Weinstein, I... No, let, it, yeah, let that be what they sounded like because they deserve that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Dave, <laughs> let me start off by saying this is one of my all-time favorite movies. It always has been. So I was 20 when this movie came out, right? It hit me at just, I think, just the right time and just the right mood. My ex, the woman I dated back in 
senior year of high school and college, she was a goth, big time. And she had the graphic novel, and she was into all that stuff. This was one of those girls like that, JD. I don't know. I, I made a face and I was ready to go. I saw it. I'm like, I'm going to go forward with this. It's too kind of reaction. But this is definitely a goth. The comic is definitely a goth thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like the goth comic, right? The, it was goth 90s. And this uh, leads directly into Sandman. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, because I have to mention that the copy of the, the book that I have was actually hers. And I still nice. have it to this day. Yes. You stole something from an ex girlfriend? I didn't still steal have? it. I didn't That's very it. goth of you, quite frankly, sir. She actually, <laughs> she's, the, she's the, the woman I was engaged to before I met my wife and we broke up. And I just had it in my comic book collection. So, like, when we broke up, I just never thought to give it. But she never asked for it back, and I never thought to give it to her. You said, fuck that bitch, and I kept the comic. <laughs> Sorry, so, I Dana, like if you're watching back. this and you want your book back. Oh. Fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> there is no Dana. Only Zool. Only Zool. <laughs> Sorry. Only Zool. But there's also, like, <laughs> there is definitely a an aura around this movie. Oh, yeah. Because of the death of Brandon Lee. And everything they had to do to finish this movie to get it out and the fact and that the, they're still the two dead. electrocutions during the filming of the movie yeah i'm telling you there is a list of shit that went down on this it is right up there with twilight zone but it's funny because it's like this is the first movie that i went to the theater a couple times to see i remember i'm pretty sure the first time i saw it my best friend and i used to go out on the weekends and go to a chinese restaurant and go see a movie so we went and saw this and then anytime there was an opportunity to go again, obviously I went with my girlfriend. She didn't know that I went without her. And then at the See why it didn't the, work out. Yeah, sure. And then like when I had my other friends were like, oh, we want to go see this. I'm like, yeah. And I jumped on it. Also, it was 94. That was Wayne's World for me two years before this. Oh, there oh. you go. Huh. And it's funny, too, because I was telling that to my son when we were, I was talking about, like, what are you guys doing this week? And I said, The Crow. And he's oh. And then I, I told him, like, the first movie I saw multiple times in the theater. And he looked at me, he's like, why would you do that? <laughs> I'm like, because there was no streaming or internet. It wasn't going to come out three months later to it's just true. watch it multiple times. If you wanted to see it before it hit video a couple times, you had to go to the... I've already ruined my kid by taking him to movies multiple times. <laughs> Most people you... aren't going to grow up like that. Yes. Do, do you want a list of, of the stuff that went through that went on? Oh, we'll, in this? We'll just to that. John wants... Okay, there's a phrase in Chicago. It's called the Polish sports page. It's the, it's the obituaries. It's very culturally insensitive, but we have more Poles in Chicago than in Warsaw, or at least they did in the 70s, which is when that kind of a phrase <laughs> became. I'm, so I'm giving the definition of this before John goes and reads the death count of the show. You're, you're talking to a Polak here. I'm so. fully aware of that. That's why I prefaced this <laughs> with a joke that I figured you would appreciate, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes, fine, John. You can tell us. I know you're chomping at the bit. To, <laughs> to read all that. the people almost I died just, in the movie. A disgruntled sculptor destroyed part of the set. He like drove um, into it, right? Yeah. A I hurricane. Didn't a hurricane destroyed part of the set. A carpenter dr drove a screwdriver through his hand. Another guy operating a crane. What? On purpose? No, not on purpose. Okay. Another another crane operator got electrocuted. He survived, but he had burns. Surprisingly, there was widespread cocaine use. I don't know what the relationship yeah, is. I was serious else. about that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, did you? So at one point, someone sneezed and interrupted a take, and Brandon Lee was upset, and he said, someone just lost 50 bucks. 
Okay. That one, that's not one that I caught. <laughs> there was a second electrocution too. a carpenter, an- another carpenter. There was also the problem that they did the, they filmed this n- not in where it was set, but in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a right to work state. So they could get rid of, uh, get around union rules. So they accelerated their uh, go figure that, that a, nearly died doing one of the stunts in a right to work state where they didn't have to do all the checks that they did. They figure one of the reasons Brandon died was because the firearms master left the set for the day. And so the props master took over doing the guns, which you wouldn't allow if Mm -hmm. union rules were in effect. That's true. Same thing happened in the rust movie. Yeah. Just the sheer amount of crap. And then like, when the when the, when Brandon died, they didn't finish it. They they literally created a uh, another company, Entertainment Investment Investment Corporation, just to finish this movie, and then piled another eight million dollars on top of the original. I think it was what was it eight three like twelve or thirteen million. Now four fifteen million. So final the final price tag was twenty three million when they finally got it out the door, and, well, and surprisingly it did well. <laughs> Paramount backed out. It was originally Paramount. Yeah. yeah. And then they backed out and then Miramax or whoever picked it up. And then they formed another company just but to But that's not movie. super unusual. No, that happens. And a lot of what you're saying, John, happens on movies. Like, I know this is weird. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned Wilmington, North Carolina. The thing is, they shot on the De Laurentiis sets. De Laurentiis built those sets a decade beforehand and had been making movies there for a decade. Ninja Turtles movie. We all love filmed yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina Firestarter, like lots of movies have been filmed there. And I go, but you, is it to circumvent union rules? Absolutely. Do oh, mistakes yeah, happen when that happens? Absolutely. But like stuff like a contractor drove a tree under his hand that happens on just about every movie. There's yeah. always going to be workplace accidents, but not, but not a disgruntled guy taking his car. No, that's a different driving one. it, drove it through one of the buildings and destroyed most of the props. It's a goth movie. You know, you just yeah, it's gotta, it comes to the territory. <laughs> One of the freakiest things, though, which is really interesting, is the part where there, there's one scene where Brandon goes through the glass the, in the pawn shop. It's when he's at Gideon's, door. yeah. Yeah, the glass was supposedly safety breakaway glass. Right, sugar glass. Your sugar glass or whatever. But for some reason, it didn't work right, and Brandon cut himself. And John Polito, who played... That happens, though, too. Gideon, true, but John Polito said right right after that happened he said i've got a premonition that you're not going to survive this i heard this too that's a gag that's just something you say oh man keep this up you're gonna die i know i'm not okay i'm not a big fan of apocryphal stories like this for people to say oh it was cursed like they did this with poltergeist a lot too it's just it was an unfortunate accident happened people get cut with sugar glass sugar glass is glass yeah it's just a softer glass but you can still get cut from it. The thing with like sand glass, actual glass, is you would cut from it definitely. It's way sharper. Shit happens. And it breaks bread. different. It bre- It does. It breaks right. different. These things happen. They happen on every movie. There's always access. That's why unions exist. That's why these rules happen because they happen frequently back in the mm. day. Like, so it's, I feel like we cherry pick stuff from this movie that doesn't even get out on other movies because of just... I- a horrendously tragic accident happened. Right. I, I, I don't know because like they accelerated the 
they were trying to get the movie. They were sloppy. I'm not saying I'm not saying they weren't sloppy. I'm not saying that they weren't cutting corners with this movie. Very clearly they were. Very clearly the director did not. And the cocaine on the set, dude, it was 1994. True. a set that's to this day. And Miramax, right? So there's a Nine Inch Nails song in there. Of course, there was cocaine. (laughs) That's every movie of the of the 20 years previous to that, and 20 years since. That just happens. It's also a pretty decent joke from Brandon Lee on that part. I just, I don't know. I hate like the. I hate like the tying of the mysticism to it. Ooh, no, the fates were against this movie. It never should Making... have happened. It's just oh, this know, was man. definitely the Macbeth curse. Absolutely, <laughs> like I'm supposed to say that forming right now, right? Yeah. So mm. I'm sorry, the play. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I get what you say, JD, but it is the sheer number. I know that there are accidents and stuff, but the sheer number, the the sheer amount of craziness that went on in this. It was a lot. I'm not going to, but I'm saying it's it's sloppiness that they came in from, uh, from a director that didn't know what they were doing. That's a hundred percent accurate. When your director does, he just came off of doing a video. Like he was doing videos. And that happened a lot in the series. They were giving music video directors chances to make movies. And there's Mm -hmm. sometimes it works like David Fincher. And sometimes it doesn't. And those guys don't know how to run film sets. And they like, think Zack Snyder's doing Oh, God, yeah. Like, I'll <laughs> tell you something. As a guy who's tried to make movies, it's really hard. It's really hard to make a movie, especially if you don't have a professional produce, like a good producer that can really shepherd a young director through mm-hmm. his first film. It was Ale- Ale- right. uh, Alex Proyas. Was and Alex and, Proyas and- wound up doing some stuff after this, too. I forgot it was Alex Proyas mm-hmm. who made this movie. And he said that he's, it still haunts him what happened... Like, well, yeah, how could it? I would not? hope so. Yeah, it'd be yeah. inhuman if you didn't, and it wasn't his fault. Like again, that's not a that's not a him call of the, of the firearms master not being on set that day. If the firearms master's not on set, guns should not have been touched. That's the rule. But they were, and it's not the well, it's not the first time that happens on a movie set. It's not going to be the last time. We saw it on Rust a couple years back. Yeah, which is sad. I'd say the difference people- with Rust is they don't have to use real guns anymore, like they did in the nineties. That's well, true. that's the thing a set. after. After so, this happened with Brandon, they, they say that this was the impetus for them to come up with the, the current rules, which is mm-hmm. you have to use camera tricks so that you're never actually pointing a gun at an actor. And you have to you you have the special master who sits there and has to be present if you use any you, kind of weapon whatsoever. And most movies today use digital squibs. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. fire. It's very rare they're firing blanks anymore in films. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez pioneered another Miramax guy pioneered that kind of stuff. So it's a movie that I, like, it's I, an important movie in the grand scheme of the history of filmmaking because of the mistakes that happened on it, that changed the way movies are made, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's funny because I have a, a friend who actually is a prop master. And when the whole rust thing came out, they kept saying prop gun and he got, he was getting mad because he's like, no, it's a gun. A prop gun doesn't mm-hmm. actually fire. Right. If it actually fires. It's a gun. All right. And yeah. Um, so, Cheap movies, real guns look better in a cheap set movie. Yep. So, Dave, I have a question for you since you've read the comic. I prefer the structure to the comic over the structure to the movie. So, okay. in the comic, he shows up, like the crow just shows up. It's almost yeah. like he's like a, like he's Freddy or Jason or something. You like, and he shows up and he's killing these guys, and you get that there's a backstory, but you don't see what happened right. until, until, until like towards the end. Like the and movie. I, but he's kind of like moving through these guys. And I don't know. I just, something about that I prefer. To this, it, you, it's front loaded with this, like, you get to learn who the characters are. And you get in the comic, you get to meet them and you get to know them. And then this horrible thing happens and it like hits a little harder. Whereas it opens up with this horrible thing happening to these people. 
And yes, it's still tragic, but you don't really know who they are yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No. And I was going to say, what is it? Shelly, right? Yep. Yeah. Does anyone care who she is? Nope. Not, not to say she's the driving force behind why he comes back, right? It's very women in refrigerators. Yeah. Yeah. But, before that was the thing. Months before that was the thing, actually. But you know what I'm saying? We don't need to know her story. We just need to know that he loved her. Mm, and, let's disagree with that. Let's talk about this from a filmmaking perspective, especially yeah. a 1994 filmmaking perspective. When you open up the, the comic, like you're saying, like what you're doing is you're creating this boogeyman character that's killing these things. And that's a different kind of a story than what they were trying to tell by front loading, by front loading right. it with the characters, you create this emotional connection to Eric, right? That you see yeah. he's fighting for love. Cause that's the whole marketing campaign is he's the, the vengeance for love, Right. As an audience, especially an audience in 1994, we needed to see that because if that doesn't happen, it's a boogeyman story and it's marketed much differently. And they wanted to establish that this crow character is a hero. So you front load the story so you get that kind of an emotional connection from your audience. Is it better the way you're saying? I don't know if it's better, but it's different. And it yeah. keeps like the spooky because the I never read yeah. the comic, but I've seen the James Lebar art and it's spooky, right? It keeps the spookier vibe going if right. that's what you want to go with. But I think the studio made a decision that we can reach – again, this is totally a studio thing. Yeah. We can reach a bigger audience by front-loading it with all the backstory, which is success. Like, it worked on that way. And uh, Burton says the structure in the comic had issues where the editors made him go back and add violence. They actually requested more violence. Probably sold better, too, in the 80s. Yeah. Because, again, because like you said, it's gothy poetry otherwise – yeah. Hmm. Also, the women in refrigerator thing, very true. The reason, the whole reason the crow exists is because James O'Barr lost a fiance yes. to in a drunk driver. Action. Yeah. So, yes, but also, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this I'm was not like therapy for him, basically. Oh, 100 percent. I've, I've read the stories yeah, yeah, yeah. about that, but like. I was saying what Dave was saying. Do we need shelling yeah, the story? I think right. you do need shelling the story because she. It's a two-edged sword. She becomes almost like the the driver of the story. Her death is the driver of the story. So you don't really need to know her because it's not really about her as a person. It's about her as an ideal. But at the same time, you totally don't have a female character that way. She's not really a character in the story. And I also get what Chris is saying. Could they have started the movie with him coming back and killing Tintin and then flashback to Hell Knight the year before? And... Yeah, I could see that. Is it a different movie then, right? Is it more of a a horror movie movie feel Mm -hmm. at that point? It's totally a horror movie at that point, especially with the look of the character and what's going on. And then you're, because again, that becomes, I would attribute like this, what's always proposed is the Sam and Twitch movie, right? This mythical Sam and Twitch movie we're never going to get where Spawn becomes like this urban legend creature of the night and you're you're learning who it is through the investigation. (laughs) That kind of is what would happen if like in act two, we, we did the flashback and plus in the nineties, there weren't a lot of flashbacks in movies. That was just like a cultural at that point, like the film culture had gone away from doing flashbacks and stories. Right. By, by the way, Academy of science fiction, fantasy and horror films, this got best horror film, best director, best costumes, best special effects. I don't know if it costs a horror film. Like it's got, like it's got the, it's got horror elements to it, but it also has this right. very strong, like, dark romance story it's like dark fantasy which is a term that, that wasn't used back then but i think this very much falls under the dark fantasy so, category i wish it felt more like a revenge 
It doesn't feel the, enough like a revenge doesn't, story. It doesn't really feel like it, and I don't know no. why. I think well, if it was made today, they would have more of that like seventies revenge. I think they were going away from that too. I just don't think they yeah. wanted it. I think so, a lot of yeah. Good, continue, Dave. I'm trying to get my thoughts here. So I'm, I'm going to say that I think the editing and a lot of that also has to do with Brandon Lee's death. That's because possible. of course, oh yeah, anything, no, a lot any of scene like so. Here's the thing: I, I had to look this up because I had always thought they changed the ending because they wanted to do a sequel, but then they changed it because he died. Right. But no, that's not true. Like all of that was part of the original story, but any scene that's in the apartment after he comes back from the dead, the, the destroyed apartment, that's all a double. That is not Brandon Lee. A um, lot of the it, scenes are like that. And they used the a whole, lot of digital effects for the first mm-hmm. time. I heard a lot of them actually. And the scene where the scene with T-Bird, when he kills T-Bird, which should be, that's like, he's the leader of the crew. There should be a big monologue type scene there. That's a double. And if you notice Brandon Lee or the crow, Eric is looking down the whole time. Like you don't really get a good look at his face. He's quiet through the whole thing. It's all T-Bird talking. So yeah. This, the scene where he's putting on the makeup, that's all digital effects mm-hmm. in the broken. Yeah. Like he's putting the, on the, the makeup. They, they put his face in the mirror, right? That, <clears throat> they added his yeah. face digitally in the mirror pioneered yeah. some of that stuff this is one of the first films to do things like that but again that you get a different movie and i think the movie is actually more ethereal because your lead dies halfway through the production of this so it changes the vibe of everything so again it probably doesn't feel like a revenge film in that way because you don't get to have those moments with because again stories are told right. in close-up and stuff like that when you take that away from a film you're left with something different and like i said this really st- I almost think this movie has more in common with Labyrinth than it does at Death Wish. Yeah. And I think the thing that also hurt the the revenge aspect of it is the end of the movie. I said that. Yeah, because they didn't have the guy. (laughs) But I mean, in the the sense of now all of a sudden it becomes about Top Dollar trying to take the crow and get his power. And then he has to go and, and they capture his friend, Sarah, who really isn't a friend. That's all tacked on for this movie. So they, he has to go and kill all these people in the church, and then he can rest. And in all honesty, that ending does feel tacked on. Like sometimes you got to play the cards you dealt. Yeah. yeah, I think if you just when he goes back to the graveyard at the end, I, the first time, um, and, and Sarah's there, and she goes, "I knew you were going to be here," and then she leaves. That's your end of the movie. Roll credits. Yeah, but they wanted that big moment. They wanted that scene, right? I know. You want and again? And, I think and, the scene works, but yeah, I get where you're coming. Yeah. And Sarah was played by Rochelle Do- Davis, and some of the acting was not that great. Oh, it's hi, tonight. I just met my my somebody who was a big part of my life and died a year ago. And I'm like, oh, it's you. Oh, <laughs> show some emotion for crying out loud. Eh, that's a choice. Yeah, I mean, that's, acting and yeah, choice. Yeah, I know, yeah, kid, kid actors, right? James, I mean, it does make a good point here, though. It was Eric who suffers in the hospital for 30 hours in the book, not Shelley. Yeah, and that's another that's another thing that because that's how he gets connected to the cops in the comic. One of the cops comes in before he's going and he's going and Eric's going to do his final surgery, comes in and even though he's like comatose, tells him what's going on. And so that's I don't know. Yeah. I guess we don't need that exposition in the movie, but I think if they thought if Shelley had gone again, it's, it's very women in refrigerators, but I think if they, the thing is if Shelley suffers more than the it drive. I don't know. It's weird to say this, but I think maybe the thought was it drives the lead character oh, more. I'm sorry. That's another scene that isn't him. 
the, his death scene, that's a double as well. Did mm. they change that? Was it originally Eric who gets... Did they change that because he died? Brandon Lee died, so maybe it was <clears> Eric <throat> who went to the hospital originally. Yeah, but maybe. They had to redo all of that because... It's, that's it's, very true. They had to work with what they had. It's very difficult to make a film when your lead is dead. Yeah. Right? I would imagine so. It's, it's, because movies are hard shoots. to... Yeah, yeah, sounds like the movies probably the make. the one thing that you don't want to happen. Right, like movies are difficult to make when everything goes right, and then you have like I said the worst tragedy, one of the worst tra No, yeah, probably the worst tragedy in major film history. Right, it's one of them. Yeah. It's top five. I, I would yeah. argue number one. So it's and then you got to try to finish the movie, and they did. Yeah. They did an admirable job of finishing the movie. Yeah, and as a film nerd, I just I get into the that aspect of it of the corners they had to cut. And creativity had to be instilled to just get this thing done. Yeah, that makes sense. And they should have left it alone. That's probably why I enjoy it more now than I did when I was 15. Fair. And that makes perfect sense, too. I can see or I can understand all that better. Okay, so James says, Killing T-Bird and not acknowledge him, him treating it with third words and not Eric's. I love that. Yeah, it works because it makes him more of a creature, yeah. which adds to the whole element of the crow. But again, probably wasn't the original plan. Twilight Zone oh, two dead yeah, kids and, and the dead Vic Morrow. <laughs> yeah. Vic Morrow also died in that. That helicopter indoor helicopter shooting too late, stunts that aren't safe. Yeah, Vic on land is really, really fucked up. He's yeah. an asshole. I know Max Landis gets a lot of shit for being an asshole. John Landis also a legendary asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made some good movies, though. <laughs> All right. So what was everyone's favorite scene in the movie? John, you've been quiet, so you can go first. <laughs> Not being quiet. I'm letting you guys talk. I don't know. Favorite scene? I take this thing as a whole. Yeah, I guess too. my brain didn't pick out any time when I'd be sitting there going, yes, it's maybe it was the first kill because you're like you're seeing somebody get what they deserve. And then and you know that the revenge is on. Other than that. No, I can't. Oh, by the way, Ernie Hudson is a national treasure. Like he, Ernie's he, he was the best actor a in national this treasure. Thing. What's that? His mustache is a treasure. Oh yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's the best actor in this. Like any, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, one of my favorite scenes. Anything he was in, hands down. He gets to be like the. He's almost like that the fake the Shakespearean fool. I don't mean he played like a fool, but like he's he gets to be right. the guy who gets to be a normal person in, in in the midst of all this madness. Yeah. So he gets to be our tether to reality, which is totally his function in this movie. So again, he's great at it. I remember as a kid being like, "Hey, Ernie Hudson's in this movie." Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's good. I, my my only regret is we never got to see the detective that was always on his writing's ass. That 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 guy never got his. What was coming to him? Because he was obviously on the take or something, but it was, weird, it was a weird dynamic. Yeah, well, it was. It was never explained. They were just very aggressive towards each other all the time. It was like, oh, all right, yeah, and they, yeah, uh, and but he was obviously on the take or something because he was covering things up. We never, and it was never explained in the movie. It was probably something that got lost after after Brandon died. I, I, I finished that part. I've always got that feeling that there was something missing with that story. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, anything with, with Ernie in it and maybe the first kill. That's about it. All right, Chris, what about you? Probably in the bar where the bad guys are drinking bullets. Oh, God. <laughs> because, yeah, it's that. Yeah, because, it's hard to watch. Because then I'm like, oh, I'm not afraid of these people anymore. 
Like, <laughs> they're not. They're not real. Like it's yeah. so. <laughs> Can you imagine having to try to pass that afterwards? <laughs> Be an awkward <laughs> shit. <laughs> Better hope it come doesn't come out sideways. I guess. <laughs> that's the only I, that's the only answer i have for you i don't know how about you jd i'm with john i don't really have a favorite scene like the first kill is pretty good i just like this to tell in totality like <clears throat> i actually this structurally i think it holds up better than i expected it to as i remember this movie it's a collection of vignettes and i thought it yeah. would play more like that and it doesn't actually the story structure's better than i remember it being to be especially for the era like i, yeah. I expected it to be more of a collection of like art which is oh, what yeah. i thought it was which is what i thought it was at the time when i first saw it but it isn't it's actually there's actually a pretty sound low-level charles bronson-esque story connecting this thing together yeah all right mm-hmm. i think i've always loved the pawn shop scene like, that's a good one from yeah, the beginning good. from him jumping in through the door getting the ring and then just that is that gasoline I smell? And he shoots the rings. Like, and it is such a 90s RT yeah. shot of the rings Very flying much. out of the, the shotgun. And then the whole thing. He needs to put that much gasoline down for the, the whole place to explode the way it did. Super, super John Woo inspired. Yes. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I just I, I love wish. that. That and then the scene when he goes to, I can't think of the character's name, Ernie Hudson's uh, apartment. And Ernie Hudson is just, he's got his cop hat on and he's looking at the the files and he's just being a regular guy and he comes in and it's the scene that humanizes both of them i think and like he's eric's like i don't know why i'm here i don't know what i am he's not he's not in his underwear but in his cop hat yes yeah (laughs) and then just like like, and that's (laughs) i think it's the scene that makes the movie work so it's very human yeah i can see that it's very batman gordon but almost more more human Right? In some yes. ways? Yes. Yeah, and I love the end of that scene. He's oh, so you're gonna go disappear through the window again? And he's like, thought I'd use the door. And it's just it's a perfect line. He play Eric Brennan Lee plays Eric with such like a detachment in some cases. He does a really good job of playing a guy who's dead and back and not sure why. Like yeah. he, that that if that were to happen to you, you would be like aloof in some ways. And he plays him very aloof in a lot. And I think that it really shows Brandon Lee's chops, right? Yeah. And again, because again, he's chewing on scenery for a lot, which is required. He's playing the crow. There's not a, you're not talking about the most subtle character in popular fiction. And he does a great job of making him verbose and poetic and dark. And there's a lot of big fence swinging in this. And it really shows us what he could have been and what he was knocking on the door of becoming. Yeah. Before this and for I just again the whole story to me, this whole thing wraps up of like, man, what could what could have been, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess so. This is a movie that they made a couple of sequels that like just no, they didn't. terrible. Never seen any of them, so <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't think that's what are you true. talking about, Dave? I've never seen them either, but I know they suck ass. <laughs> oh, I've seen I think City of Angels with Eddie uh, Furlong, <laughs> yes, featuring a whole Fleetwood Mac cover. <laughs> okay, I don't Old remember that. And it's the only thing that ties it together, obviously, is Sarah. is she shows up and all of a sudden there happens to be another person coming back from the dead. And it was not, like, not even the same actress though. It was. Yeah. The only reason you know it's hers because she's got, still got the ring, I think around her neck um, in that movie. James so, O'Barr really like how you used to be able to make one song in like the seventies and live off of it for the rest of yeah. your life. If you wanted to, he really this, you can't make 
like less than 100 pages of comics and keep selling it over and over again. That's as, true. And you used to be able to do that. That was a legitimate model if you had something that struck the right chord and they'd made four movies and a TV show. You know what I mean? But it's just mm-hmm. so. He's comics one hit wonder. Yeah, it's interesting. And of course, there has been a lot of talk the last, I would say, at least decade of rebooting The Crow and doing a. They keep doing talking it over about here. it. It never happens. I don't want it to ever happen. This is a movie that just works. And it's unfair. Like, you got to play a guy who's played. It's not like the Joker, right? The Joker is part of like our pop culture lexicon, right? Where you've had a lot of people play the Joker, not just Heath Ledger. The Crow is something different. Granted, there's a handful of people who played the Crow, but it's Brandon Lee. Like when you think about the Crow, you think about Brandon Lee. Get Jared Leto to do it. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just make JD quit the podcast? I just died. A Crow brought me back. <laughs> so what I was going to say is, I think one of the reasons this movie works is that it is a very 90s movie, but in the way that it's like artistic vignettes, as you were saying, that's like how the book is, right? Mm-hmm. It's Here's a scene of him killing this guy, and then here's a scene of him killing this guy, and there's the poetry in between, and then they start filling in the backstory later on, and it's a, it's a... So much poetry. <laughs> it is such... It, it is such... A, a, the whole thing is a product of its time, where if they tried to make it today, you know they're not going to follow that formula. That's the reason why I don't think you can do this again. We haven't redone Gone with the Wind, right? Oh, yeah. But we then... haven't. There's movies that they're not going to redo back. There's just certain movies that Wizard just. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. They have redone Wizard of Oz. Well, they're know. never on that scale, but you're right. There's movies that just shouldn't be touched. On the Waterfront, The Godfather. Just do your own. There's. We've had plenty of gothy lead characters in films, right? Just leave this one. Like, it, the DNA of The Crow is all over popular fiction right for the last yeah. 30 years we've seen elements of this character like i said i got sting behind me has influenced so much like you look at this the, the matrix does not happen without the crow yeah right this is this is such a cultural touchstone of a film just let it be what it is they've already they done even, too much they yeah. even tried a tv series on it for crying yes out they did it was bad. that doesn't exist either i don't know what you're talking about exactly because i did see something the other day about them talking about the Jason Momoa Crow movie. I'm like, oh, of no. all the people to play no. Eric Draven, like, no. I like it's like, the worst pos- it's like the worst possible choice. Someone Only did a mock-up. Choir of Angels follows him around sniffing his leather. There, someone <laughs> did a mock-up of Jason Momoa in the Crow outfit, and I looked at it and said, oh, Lobo. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it just, nah, no. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, so... All right, so I think we're all in consensus. We love this movie. Leave it where it is and don't redo it. I don't love it, but I really like it. So I think you're. I think you might have been too old, John. I don't mean to pick on you for that, but I think it's one of those things where it just missed you demographically. Yeah, yeah that's possible because there's stuff that I was 24. Love. I was 24 when it came out. Yeah, but like it just could have been a different spot. You know what I'm saying? Like it just wasn't. I was. <laughs> and there's stuff that's come out in years past that were super big, and I just it didn't. I'm a big horror fan, but like when Scream came out in 2016, I saw it and went, eh. and that's one of the most influential horror movies of the last 30 years. And I think it's just, eh. you know, yeah, there's sometimes I, stuff that doesn't speak to you. Doesn't, yeah, uh, I'm doesn't always ready checked. to say like uh, on, on technicalities and stuff, it's a good movie and I would recommend it for people who are into that kind of stuff. It's not my cup of tea. It wasn't back mm-hmm. then, but I st- it's still so good that I actually still really like it. 
but yeah, like for people who are into that side, of that kind of noir movie making, you will probably love it. I would still no, recommend that, it. That's a great term for it. That I didn't think about it. It's very much a noir. This oh, is, yeah. No. Yeah. They, they desaturated a lot of They were yeah. originally the director wanted to do it in black it's and raining white. raining all the time. Raining constantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they wanted to do it in black so and white. Can't rain all the time. But a lot of the shots is that everything is desaturated. There's only certain, certain pieces of it that are color. It did rain all the time in that movie, though. It might as well have been Seattle. And it's very noir. It's very, but it doesn't like, I wouldn't put it in the category of neo noir, which is tends to be very like lit with neons and stuff like that. It, it, it has no. much, it's very 90. Like the way I can describe it is very like 90s noir. It's very dour, it's very leathery, but it's still shadows and that very kind of leathery. stuff. So, it's very leathery. So like, many cows almost insidious, almost you know. Well, you realize it's influenced that you realize the rain starts when he comes back, yeah, I'm and aware, stops Dave. when he leaves. Like, I'm it's aware. a whole I, thing. Thank you, Dave. Well, also, <laughs> they, had a, also they had a hurricane <laughs> on set. <laughs> oh, shit, that was funny. Good job, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. What you're saying is blame it on the rain. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I think we can, I think we can put a pin in this one, wrap Let's, it up. Somebody has something they want to add. It's a good movie. Besides G- John and the, and the death count. Um, <laughs> Out of count. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go around the room. And do we ha- did we learn anything this week on the podcast? Or do we have any recommendations? And Chris, you can go first. I never learned anything. We were talking about Barry Windsor Smith's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It, Marvel put out a gallery edition of Weapon X. God, it's huge. Beautiful. Ooh, it's like ooh. the size of a, it's like yeah. bigger than an absolute version. And it's got all the Weapon X stuff in here on great paper, all his glorious color and everything. Great. I grabbed yeah. it after you mentioned that. And then, because superheroes aren't everything. Sorry, Dave. <gasps> but a new Daniel Close book came out this week. Oh. Monica. It's great. Recommend it. And that's it. Read more comics. Read more comics. All right. How about you, J.D.? I discovered a YouTube. I didn't learn a damn thing, too. I'm like, Chris. I discovered a YouTube channel that I really called Rob Squad Reactions. I think it's a guy. I just literally just minutes before the show. It's an African-American couple, and they're discovering. People are sending them, like, rock music from, like, the 70s and 80s to listen to for the first time. And they listen to it, and they evaluate it on while, they're, while you're watching them. And because my kid and I were playing, like, Halloween songs, and I was uh-huh. looking for Don't Fear the Reaper covers. And that video popped up. The algorithm always treats me well. And it was these two people listening to Don't Fear the Reaper for the first time and just loving it. And it made me happy because that's a great song. I'm, I watched a few of their videos before the show. And I'm like, these guys are great. So I'm going to keep watching their content because it made me smile. All right, cool. John? Uh, Netflix, Gamera Rebirth. I would suggest you go see it if you've got <clears throat> Netflix. <clears throat> How are they treating one... Gamera? Uh, what's, like, what's, the, what's the tone of this Gamera reboot? There's an overarching storyline for all eight episodes but it's pretty serious it's like the original cameras were like oh he's all about the children Eric. yeah no much much more serious much more interesting does that serve the character of gamera because isn't that the difference between gamera and godzilla was gamera was the monster that your kids could hang out with whereas yeah. godzilla was the bad boy <laughs> nice <laughs> But Godzilla was the one who was trying to slip your kid's beer, and uh, yeah, <laughs> trying to slip him something. Slip so him anyway, the tail. Yeah. slip him the tail. Oh, uh, <laughs> anyway, yes. But is the t- is a serious? Do I do we need Shin Gamera? Is what I'm asking. It's not Shin Gamera, but 
The storyline is really good, and there are some serious moments in it. There's some pretty nasty deaths in it. I don't know if you're a horror monster movie guy or girl, this is it. Like, this is pretty good. So we don't. I don't get know what you're looking believe- for. Like, we don't get the We Believe in Gamera song. Oh, we, no, we believe don't. in Gamera. No, no. And again, like they already, they're already past that. That was the original Gamera series yeah. of films. But there was a second series, like three films, uh, I think, twenty years ago, and they got rid of that part of it. And now this was pretty good. It's not like Shin Godzilla level, but it's pretty damn close. And the the animation is really interesting and cool. Okay. One of my lights just got, I just kicked my light. <laughs> you're in noir right now. Now you're over to like it. All right. So first off, I learned something this week that John is obsessed with death and, and destruction. Because first off, he said all the people who got hurt and died in making this movie. This and true. then he said his favorite scene was the first time Eric Draven killed someone for revenge. This is also true. So I'm a little scared to be going away mm. with him next week to New York Comic Con. <laughs> so yeah Make it painless. Uh, <laughs> i form it is i recommend first off if you're watching us right now hit that subscribe button click that bell for notification so you don't miss us when we go live uh every sunday night right here in on this channel at 8 30 i also recommend that you go over to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to our social media at the top of the page comic book reviews by our good friend chris he just put a, a review out there for um the devil that wears my face it's a, a new comic from great title good book too yeah he gave it a nine out of ten so who i haven't it? read it yet someone's um, name is i just trying to think of who i can't remember uh, who it was. peppos oh dave peppos was right. Dave peppos. spencer yeah. and lock guy yeah, yeah. yeah. spencer nice and lock remember we did a whole thing with spencer and lock yeah. we had him on the show great yeah guy. yeah so yeah and i also want to recommend make sure you're following us everywhere on social media this week because we're going to be posting pictures on instagram from the convention i'm going to try to do a blog post every night on the website and why are you shaking your head now? you ain't doing that you're gonna be so tired at the end of the day yeah like we're getting old you say you you're 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 i I appreciate your thoughts for doing it dave you're gonna be wiped out from doing all this stuff as well you should be quite frankly oh i don't know we'll see okay i'm gonna try to prove you wrong now uh and then, of course, the sh- manipulation is a specialty. We'll we will try to go live a couple times uh, while we're there. Of course, we always do. Uh, it's a tradition in the car on the way there. We'll go live on our social media because John loves that <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, make sure you do it right in traffic. Just when I have to pay real good attention to the road. Exactly. Just like that's, always. that's the best time to do it. <clears throat> Ben actually started that when we went to the Finger Lakes. It was his idea. Well, let's go live. Finger yeah. Lakes. <laughs> Here's a question. You had some potential guests you had mentioned before. Spoilers, or are we going to make sure we get those interviews first? Yeah, let's make sure okay. we get those interviews. Because the list is pretty good. I'll be honest with you guys. You, you never know what's going to happen when we get there. So like, There's they, some they... that I went, wow. So let's <laughs> see if we can land. The one is not going Damn it. to happen. And... Of course. Okay. Yeah. Kirkman, we're not going to get a one-on-one with because he's going to be pretty busy. The But the other one that you're excited about, it's still on. In fact, I've gotten about five emails from the PR person making sure. Are we still, is she like, are we still on for this? I'm like, yeah. And where are we going to meet? And she has this one's super number. dope. 
Yeah. I can't wait for this one. I am so jealous that you guys are getting this one without me, but I'm super proud. And I'm going to send, gonna send us, tell me send who us questions. Send us questions. Uh, it's going to be so difficult to not, I do not want to ask him about his father. It's going to be, now I'm going to wait till the camera's off. I want, I want to make it about him and his book. Yeah, that's what you should. Yeah. So, but I will definitely ask him when the cameras are off. So that's a hint. People might get it from that. <clears throat> so what did Frosty say here? Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. It's yeah. a good one, Frost. It's a good one. Yes, yes. All right. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for watching. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe could caught the door. Have a good week.